It smells very lovely in here. Yeah, it smells like Paisley Park. It used to it smell. Yeah. This is this is the incense. It smell, no, it smells like Paisley Park. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not Paisley Park right now. Yeah, yeah. It's not Paisley Park right oh, now. Oh, oh, oh. It's like... It's not, not yet. What, what, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got high hopes for what they're trying I to do. Too. You know, this. Uh, I went to the celebration for the first time this year, mm. and... What I appreciated was uh, Londell's passion. Like mm. I felt like he was trying to, like, kind of like do something. Like he was, he was into. Something's gotta be done here. I hope you so. Know, he, I mean, I, so I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, hopeful too. I'm um, hopeful too. You know, and I think they're just sitting on a gold mine. You know, and if you think about it, I mean, you got all the stuff that's in the vault. Yeah. You got all the videos. You got, you know, there's all so, kinds of stuff. So how man. do they? Uh, how do they get people to that, right? And then, I mean, the other challenge is, I mean, Prince fans can be a finicky bunch. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. they want the this and the that and the, you yeah. know. So it's it, it can be a challenging crew Mark is to speaking please. for himself there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> you know, the Prince community is just, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they got a tough job, but hopefully they can pull it together. I think they could start by burning some of this incense in there. That would be I mean, step, at least they step, can step do number one. Why don't y'all burn some incense and burn Paisley. some candles? If they want some suggestions, like that'd be Paisley step one was, too. Paisley has always been an an arena of the senses, and so like that's why there's no windows and no clocks. You're supposed to yeah. lose yourself in there, and so smell is one of the senses yeah. that Paisley Park would attack. When you came in there, it was an experience, and so. Obviously, the smell should be right, and yeah, I this is what what I'm I'll I'll find out what I think I know what that incense is, but I'll well, find we'll out later. Yeah, well, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're gonna hit him up. We're gonna get that's gonna be our first sponsor. Is that the yeah, garden? That, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the garden. garden. Yeah, I know it. You know, <laughs> I mean, but I think you're absolutely right though. Like the the space was was creative, right? Yeah. And you gotta the smell was a big part of that. Yeah. I I think they're doing a disservice to fans not having that smell places right not well, having kind I mean, of that vibe just to start that's that that in itself is disrespectful to the fans but on another level as you said you're a fan so like i know when they first opened paisley park back up and they were telling people this is how paisley park was when prince left it and was, yeah and i'm like you understand that the to the tour guys i had to tell them like you understand that these people have been here more times than you have <laughs> like they know yeah they know what this place was and they mm -hmm. know what it looked like they know mm -hmm. what it smelled like they know it better than you and so like you can't tell them these things and then expect them to just believe it, it has yeah. to be if you want it to be what it was then make it what it was you know it's not hard because you have all these sources yeah you know? yeah i mean that, that's interesting right and yeah. i don't know how much they've talked to those sources over the years right like i don't yeah. think they've necessarily gone and like i mean nobody i know dustin you anybody you know like from a fan perspective that's like no hey you know what was it like what was it all about what was he doing i mean i think that's interesting too you yeah. know i mean dude i saw at paisley park alone dude 125 shows mm. you know i mean that's a you know plus the parties right another 100 parties on top of that i mean right. it's a lot of experiences <laughs> right like you know, and I know people, we, we interviewed Bill in our first episode, second episode that we released, but the first interview. Um, you know, that Number dude, one Bill. Number one Bill. I mean, he saw him hundreds of times at Paisley yeah. Park, right? Like, he just had a little more runway for him. But, uh, you know, there's some authorities. Could share some things. I think so. And I think, uh, I mean, I'll give him credit, though. There are, there are a couple of cats still hanging on at Paisley that Yeah, been doing like, stuff for a minute. 
yeah that that were there yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. so like uh one of the guides uh i want to say his name is john i can't i can't think of his name right now but uh man it's, it's slipping my it's slipping my mind but he's he was there yeah like, i know he was there i remember him being there and he's very dedicated to making sure that when the like i feel good about him being there yeah right but sometimes old it's like, familiar face. Yeah, but sometimes I'm like these yeah. guys. Like I mean, you know, I'm I I try to remain humble. But like if you if you can't even get my name right yeah. when you're giving the tour, then something's wrong. Yeah, or like, you can't actually get, it's pronounced if you Adrian can't get Crutchfield. Kirk's name <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you I mean, talking about Kirk or or I mean or he Mono goes back. Neon. Yeah, right. And Kirk was at one point like I don't know if he still is, but he was an administrator there. So like for the tour guides to be saying his name wrong. Right. I'm like, that's the cat signing your checks, man. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I think I think they're on the right path now and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because at the end of the day, as you said, um the fans can be very finicky. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh something that, that that Dudley said earlier that's really important is we need young fans. We need yeah. we need a new crop of fans because our fans are aging yeah it's fast true. and it's so true. Like, yeah we need that new generation we need what i call the new power generate next power generation. next power generation and so yeah we need that and so the you know, only way to get that is to innovate and bring paisley to a point where we can attract young fans yeah and i think what's appealing about paisley park and what what it can do is it can ca- connect people to prince yeah and as it connects them to prince like dude then the rabbit hole just goes deep it's like you know Man. neo in the matrix right like we it's, just gonna we're yeah. just gonna dive deep and it's I think, exactly like that you know and as people get introduced and see who he is and then they get connected to the music yeah. i mean there's that, then then the ball just starts rolling mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you gotta get people through the doors and then you gotta give them the real deal you know pop from the experience it can't be it can't be emotionless it can't be flat it's gotta connect right it's gotta Gotta yeah. have some power behind it. It's gotta have some power. You know what we need to do? What? We start recording. Yeah, we need to do the intro to the. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right. We should do that. We should do that. We should do that. We just jamming though. This is this is fun. It's going. All right, y'all ready? This is Purple Highs. I'm Mark Bondi here with my co-host DJ Dudley D, and we are chronicling the days of Wild. Yeah, we ready to have some fun tonight. Always, <laughs> always, always. We got the incense burning, yeah, smelling it smells right. right. It smells, it smells right. right. And we're still, we're still kind of on a purple high from uh, First Avenue on yeah. June seventh. June seventh. Yeah, we're still riding that thing. It's man. Uh, we had a thousand people through the door, and it was. It was next level. It was so much fun, uh, and beautiful, and you know, it just, it just, it just was the love for one another was just there. Yeah. Right? People were just in a celebratory mood, celebrating Prince, celebrating all things Minneapolis, celebrating the fan community, and just lifting up the music. It was so much fun. In case anybody cares, the next event is Fourth Day November in Minneapolis, twenty twenty three. Check the Instagram. Instagram, how do they find us on Instagram, Dudley, before we We're don't tell them later in the show? 
We're at purple, <laughs> at purple underscore highs. But enough about us. Enough about us. <laughs> we got a very special guest. Someone that yeah. played with Prince for a number of years. We're going to find out exactly how many. Exactly how many. We're going to talk about it. Adrian Crutchfield. Yeah. How's it going, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you for uh, coming out and hanging out at Dudley's uh, Dudley's house with us tonight. Oh, yeah. I had to. This I had is, to. I mean, it's great to have you. It's, uh, I'm just excited about the whole thing. You know, maybe just real quick to just jump us off. Maybe just tell folks. I mean, a lot of people that are listening to our podcast are going to know, you know, who you are, when you work for Prince, and kind of what you do. Okay. So, here it goes. Where are you from? Uh, yeah, and where are you uh, from? That's a good question. I'm actually from Roanoke, Virginia. But uh, right. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I live now. Um, I started playing for Prince in 2012 as a member of, as what we call, well, I was actually known as the liaison for the MPG horns, which yeah. is an 11-piece horn section. Never before seen, never again seen. 11-piece <laughs> dancing entertaining Dancing. singing yeah. horn section y'all weren't just passively no and what did you play i played alto saxophone boom and soprano saxophone mm-hmm. and flute and i danced and i sang it was great Dude, and, yeah uh, you were, you, it was a lot check them out if you if you haven't seen adrian yeah you, uh there's some we'll get in you'll hear yeah. about them but there's some definitely some tv episodes you can check out oh yeah so, so i mean i want to jump off kind yeah. of with this 11 piece uh horn section because the I liaison the yeah. liaison we got the liaison i was the, the liaison of the horn section <laughs> so i want to just jump off on this whole thing because the first time i remember seeing the 11 piece horn section was at the city winery in chicago illinois mm-hmm on june 30th 2013 so we're just a little over 10 years yeah from that spot i mean that show was mind-blowing see right yeah it's, like i i want to say that was one of our first shows really actually because i mean that was the first time i remember seeing this horn section that the kind huge, of the, huge the huge horn, horn section, section. Yeah. and and i mean y'all weren't like kind of in the back playing like this dude had y'all no. front and center on the stage so yeah yeah so i mean where I mean, I don't know where that sits in kind of the spectrum of the shows you did, but do you remember that show specifically? I I do I I do and I don't because it was we played Chicago a few times. Yep. Um, and I know that our our very very first appearance, like live appearance with Prince, was the United the United Center in Chicago. yeah. Right. And then yeah. it was House of Blues. And then House, House of Blues. Was House of Blues. That, right. that would have been 2012, I think. Late 2012. That was 2012. Yep. 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 Okay. And then so was uh, the City Winery before? Or after? after? No, it was after. Okay. After. But okay. we also played Chicago for um, uh, Mr. Star Wars. Yeah, that's the same oh. day. Yeah, that's the same day. That's so what I'm yeah, yeah. So yeah. George Lucas yeah. has his wedding in Chicago yeah. on June 30th. So and Mark just happened to be in Chicago. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those shows, though, and this is what I love about Prince. Right, uh-huh. you're in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We were taking our daughter down to see uh, grandparents, and she was going to stay there for the week. And like this was like we're there, and then like we're in Chicago, and it's five o'clock. It's like Prince is playing the City Winery, and it's like oh shucks, yeah. you know, like we had to go into like outfit mode and like mall mode and you know it was oh, yeah. a, it was a whole thing <laughs> so so you played george lucas's wedding that yes, day we that, did. do you do you remember that gig i mean that seems like a memorable gig <laughs> of course i mean it was uh you know one of the funniest things about it to me was uh you know we had come to a point where we would we could kind of joke with prince a little bit yep 
and and be the the homies, you mm-hmm. know. And right. uh, and I remember I can't remember exactly who, but I think I think it actually might have been PK. Uh, asked him while we were playing George Lucas's wedding, <laughs> and <laughs> Prince's response was something along the lines of, "Because he's marrying a sister," and I had to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I that, thought that was hilarious. that is so funny. <laughs> we'll that is so it. funny. Yeah, because like, you know what? Uh, he's like, he's so like, Prince, it, though, it ain't so about the money. I just want, I just want to see. I want to see this yeah. whole deal. So, so tell me, like, where is that gig? Like, oh man, you know, I don't remember exactly where I, they 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 had some kind of a tenting situation set up. Yeah, and it was all like Secret Service type of thing because apparently the Obamas were supposed to be there. Yep, yep. Yeah. They may have it's been. George Lucas. I don't know, but like a lot of I mean, high, Darth Vader showing up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Chewbacca, everybody's yeah. coming. So a lot of high status guests were there. So it was really hush hush. Yep. Um, and we got like we literally got the runaround a lot, like of where we we're going. We were just taken to these places for you know for the show and when it was like, did you figure out it was george lucas's wedding like was it that day it was like the day but like after we got to chicago right? okay so yeah. you were going to chicago and you didn't know you were playing george lucas's no wedding. we didn't know we were playing george lucas's wedding until later like we knew we were playing something yeah big but we didn't know what it was mm-hmm. and then hmm. finally the word got out. it was like it's george lucas's wedding don't talk about it mm-hmm. can't blah, blah 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 we can't tell people we're here which was also weird because he was like, they were, you know, the thing about the Prince administration at that point was like, it was a lot of don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. Right, right, right. And so we were told we couldn't talk about what was happening because it was a hush hush thing and it was very secretive, um, and that the Obamas might be there. So okay. it's a security thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're we in can't Chicago, so it's right, all, uh, right. And then we get there and they're like, oh, it's you know, we're you're going to be playing for George Lucas. This is a wedding for well, George Lucas. Well, I'm sure Lucas. Barack's probably like. Oh, we're invited to George Lucas's wedding. But if it's like George Lucas's wedding with Prince performing, Brock's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'm in, I'm in." But then they were like, they were like, "Yeah, you you can't really promote, you can't talk about being in Chicago right right now because we're not supposed to be here." But then later on that night, we're playing City Winery. Yep, and that was a surprise to us too. We didn't know Mm. we were doing that. Yeah, y'all just y'all just in it. Yeah, wherever you need us to go, we wherever you need us to go, we're gonna be. So that gig is there like a big stage? Are people like dancing, or is it like? Like, what does George Lucas' yeah, wedding look like? Wasn't. I mean, I can't even conceptualize, like, what's going on yeah. here. I need you to paint me the picture. <laughs> <Is> he- <laughs> it was like like you would think. I mean, it was like the it wasn't the reception. Okay. It was the ceremony. No. So, like, it was after right after the ceremony or something like that. Like, we didn't see them okay. do the do. We didn't okay. see yeah, that yeah, yeah. part. But it was a bunch of tables, like, almost like a tea party type yeah. of thing. And, and a little dance floor set up in front, and we performed. We performed for, like, I don't even know. It wasn't that long. We didn't play long, but we played. So, wait, it was like cocktail hour? Sort of, yeah. Like before dinner? Uh, no, it was after okay, dinner. Okay, after dinner. It was okay. after dinner. But, but y'all, we, y'all got up there. Yeah. And, we got up and did our thing. And uh, did, did he play Lay It Down? No, he didn't. Because, I mean, from the heart of Minnesota, here comes the Purple Yoda. Like, I've, Listen, been, I've, been, I've been asking that question in my head. <laughs> the, the funny thing about my time with Prince was and it's funny you said that because i got to watch which what was really cool about our era was i got to watch him kind of return to his former self yeah what do you mean by that well meaning like when we came in he wasn't doing any of the the provocative stuff Mm -hmm. he wasn't he wouldn't even sing the lyrics Mm -hmm. that way and then like it let alone sing a song that was provocative he wasn't doing it and then eventually, like, Shush got brought back in yeah. and stuff like that. So, like, we watched him 
return to that version of himself whereas he was the wholesome version before we got there right where you know like so it was really cool so a lot of the songs even 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 if any of the lyrics were like somewhat bad yeah i remember when he was playing because he, he, he brought extra lovable back yeah because he plays that at city winery and right. that's a jam i mean right. and, and he re- re-releases it too yeah the extra lovable reloaded yeah so yeah that's and that's another thing people are always confused about it's like okay extra lovable the horns that's the horn heads okay you know extra lovable reloaded <laughs> i think it's us but we okay, gotta check that book gotta check that, we gotta check, check the, the book we might, uh, have to, we might have to we might have to go go the authoritative source right. the 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 spot but we definitely played it and um that was actually you know extra level was actually our our audition piece really yeah so, so tell us how tell me how that works what, um, what does that look like audition so we were told oh man okay so marcus anderson and i my best friend um we were playing shout out to marcus shout outs to marcus and bk my my two yeah. aces um bk jackson marcus anderson uh and, and you know shout out, shout out to all the mpg horns i mean those are my brothers i love them and we had a time man i mean it was that experience is historical there's not there's not been anything like that since sam and dave i don't think um <laughs> so you know but but uh so the mpg horns was actually comprised of two horn sections right what happened is uh, Marcus and I were playing horns for Anthony Hamilton, and Anthony opened. Anthony Hamilton is an R&B singer. Yeah, it makes sense. He's out um, of Charlotte too. Out right? of Charlotte, yeah. right? Uh, and I grew up under Anthony. Anthony has had my back since. You know, I mean, Anthony was my barber when I was like ten years old. Oh that wow! Is, so that that's is, that's I mean, family. That's super cool. Yeah, and so so basically, when he found out that he was going to be opening for Prince at the time, Prince is doing "Welcome to America." He yeah, had a horn and, section. Yeah, and he plays in Charlotte. Yeah, this is yeah. the connection. Okay, this is the I'm connection. following now. So basically, uh, when Anthony found out that Prince was coming and we were opening, he's like, "I got to have a horn section." So he he recruited Marcus and I and a couple others, and we played, and we got to play on the the symbol stage yeah yep. which was crazy yeah but at that time you know anybody that's coming to open for prince their whole thing is we gotta kill him you know yeah we gotta, yeah, yeah we, we, we gotta, gotta let him know this yeah, is our city whatever yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's that was anthony's band's energy and he can do that i mean and, I, yeah. i've seen anthony hamilton a few yeah. times and i mean that dude if you ain't seen him i mean people he, should go see him this, he always he has an incredible band and he's got that kind of pop in terms yeah, of his man. energy man he's and you're that, not gonna win because you're just gonna elevate prince even exactly higher. yeah exactly but, but, but you're but, gonna kill it but he's not yeah, gonna, gonna win but prince don't invite nobody he's not inviting i mean this is 1982 in the time you can reference the jelly bean deal there but prince is not gonna invite you unless he knows you can bring it yeah and and so, you know, Ant put on a show, and it was amazing. We had a great time. It was historical. I still remember doing sound check and Prince riding out on his bike yep. through the auditorium and riding around and watching us and then waving at us and ringing the bell and riding off. Now, had, that, had you met him at all beforehand? No. So is this like your first time? It's my first encounter now, with Prince. Had you seen Prince in concert prior? No. So you'd uh, never seen, seen Prince? So your listen, first show. I'm you, a fan, yeah. but I'd never seen a live concert of Prince. I'd seen the videos. I yeah. had all the DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Musicology. I had I had Live in Las Vegas. I had- but Dustin was on that. Sign of the Times. Did you know that? I know he was. <laughs> I know. I have it. Dustin, you understand. I have Live in Las Vegas in my car because I have a DVD nice. player in my truck. Oh, nice. And I play it all the time like uh, that's that's my jam mm-hmm. so so basically i had never been to a show before that okay and i was like i literally took i love 
Anthony, if you ever hear this, I love you to death. You're my brother. I love you to death. <laughs> I did not do that show for you. <laughs> like, I love you, but I was not there for you. I was there for Prince. And, yep. and uh, we, you know, we danced our asses off that night playing that show. Right. And uh, literally, luckily, we had Carolinians in the band. Shelby. Yep. We had Cassandra O'Neill. Yep. We had Blackwell. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them are Carolinians. And we were expecting to see... Maceo and Fred Boyer and them, the yep. horns. Prince didn't bring horns on okay. that on that run. So uh so we were the only horns on the show. So he saw us. He saw the dancing and all that stuff. So Shelby had told us, like, yeah, he's really feeling that. Don't be surprised if you get a call. And so um that leads me to what happened. So uh Marcus So, so before yeah. before what happened, I mean yeah. What about that first show from Prince? Like you all go and perform, y'all crush it, but then y'all then you just go and like sit in the oh, crowd. And then you just sit and watch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. was that like? Just seeing Prince oh for the God, first time man. and like tell us about that. It was that show, that experience. It was like oh, I don't even know how to explain it. I watched in awe the entire show. Right. Like I was just like, This is what I wanna do. And this is who I wanna do it with. And and uh I don't know, Marcus and I just sat there. Well, we watched the entire show like like nine-year-old girls at a Justin Bieber concert. <laughs> I mean, you would have thought, I mean, like, man, we were just in, in awe. And then what really got me, and I'll never forget this, um, what really made me really respect Prince as an artist was this is the first time in my life that I can recall being in an arena with an and watching an artist perform where he had just done he just got on the piano. He this is like the beginnings of the the piano and the microphone thing. Yep. He got on the piano, the band left. Yeah. He gets on the piano and does a 45 minute set. Just him and the piano. And what was crazy about it was he would literally start the song sing three words and the audience would take over. Right, and he'd go through the whole song, and they would sing the entire thing in harmony. And then he transitioned to another song and do the same thing, and they would do it all over again. And I was like, "This motherfucker has these people who paid to be here <laughs> singing, singing. They are working for him." Yeah, and it was yeah. like it was the most magical thing I'd ever seen in my life, man. Yeah, I think the crowd is interesting because you know he 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 says. Um, Days of Wild, my favorite song ever. Yeah, you know, let me check my choir, mm-hmm. right? I think he was he was very proficient at checking his choir. Like the audience was a member of the band. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I mean to me that was the first sign of like, I don't know how to explain it, but just seeing an audience willing to work like that. Yeah, at a show that they paid to be at. Right, just like the band's got to work. work. Yeah, crowd we gonna work. You gonna work too? Yeah, yeah. You don't just show up. Yeah. Like this is participatory. And I mean, like, then they did, you know, they did the whole thing where the the, the purple confetti comes down and all that. Yep. Man, and I'm I'm screaming like a like a <laughs> like a eight year old girl at a, like I said at a Justin Bieber concert. I was in it. So so you said like I want to do this. Yeah. Had you decided that before? Because I mean, you're you know it's what playing with 2011, Anthony Hamilton, 2012. Like, yeah, this is like 2011. I'm touring with. My history of touring at that point is mainly Anthony Hamilton. Um, and I've done some other smaller, like, circuit touring and some jazz, some smooth yep. jazz stuff. I've also toured with Young Money at that point. I was I had mm-hmm. just come off 
like 2009 i toured with lil wayne and and, and young jeezy Super so nice. that was a big difference right you know? yeah you're switching kind yeah, of genres switch. here um and when i was doing that i mean honestly when i was doing that i thought that's what i wanted to do i was yep. like this is cool there's girls <laughs> yeah yep. and money and excitement there's a little bit of gang mentality and and whatever and i had come from that so i was like okay this is this is fun too and i, I get to make money and it's like cash so like okay, I, I didn't money. yeah i didn't have to report it <laughs> yeah, yeah you know yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so but i saw a lot of other stuff too in that and i was like okay well that part's not fun like yep. the bus is getting shot up yeah 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 not fun at all <laughs> that's not fun um, so so yeah. part of this like hey i want to do this yeah it's like i want to do it at this kind of level this where, is where, the level. Where, where that drama and yeah. that, all that stuff is like this is the level this is where it's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be this level of professionalism this level of musicianship and this level of appreciation from our fans. Yeah. I, I, I had not seen that. Yeah. The, the fans that I was used to in those big arenas was Bloods and Crips. I was not used to seeing like grown and sexy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd yeah, seen yeah, it yeah. with Anthony. Yeah. But, but not, just, to, just yeah. not at that scale. And no, like I said, I love Anthony, but they weren't singing his songs like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not like that. And so, yeah, it, it was a different level. And I at that point, it really made me realize... Um, because I'd also, the other thing that I didn't mention is I had also tried to do the artist thing myself. Yep. And I was kind of jaded from that. I didn't want to be an artist right. anymore. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm not a competitive person and the industry is very competitive. Yep. And they would try to pit me against my friends. And I, I, I didn't want to be pitted against my friends. I wanted to coexist. Yeah. And so um, I decided at some point that I wanted to be a sax man to these great artists. I wanted yep. to be Maceo. Yep. Yeah. To somebody's James Brown. Mm -hmm. And uh and so when I saw Prince, I was like, that's it. That's what I want to This do. is this is my guy. This is this the, is the horse I want to ride. <laughs> and especially since Maceo wasn't there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mike Phillips wasn't there. <laughs> now, did you feel like that was missing? Like are you like in your head like, "Oh, I could bring a little something like yes. this." Like, yeah. right. I mean, I'm also a fan of the, I mean, I've I'm a Prince fan. So like the whole time I'm watching this show, it ain't like it's just new to me. I'm like, I know all these songs. Yeah. When right. did your Prince fandom start? When did you, uh, when, when did, when's your first recollection of being like, Prince is a thing? My grandmother. Uh, I was probably four, five. Okay. Um, what year is that? Like, what are you listening to? Then? 89, 90. Okay. You know, my grandmother was a huge, everybody was a Prince fan. Yeah. But my grandmother yeah. was like that senile older woman who was convinced that Prince was her man. Yeah. Type, you know. Yo, I get it. I get it. I, I've, I've met them. Yeah. And she would literally <laughs> say she's not, she's not the only one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but she was also like, if you guys are familiar with Medea, yep, yep. that was my grandma. Yeah. Cool. And so, but she would also say little things because she knew I was into music. I, I got my yep. first saxophone when I was four years old. Yep. Um, from Kenny G. Right. And so my family almost kind of, they kind of molded me into a musician. They knew I was going to be a musician. Yeah. Um, and my grandmother would say little, little things that I wouldn't pay attention to it until later. Yeah. My grandmother literally said, "One day you're gonna be playing with my man." Really? And, and so, she so would like, play there, these there's like, like she's what? prophesying yeah, over she's your prophesying life. She's like, hey, literally, yeah. I see this. Once he meets but, me and I marry him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like, she would like literally play me these records and be like. That's my man. You need to learn these parts because you're gonna be playing with him, and I'm come see you. So and, you're, you're. I mean, yeah. that's interesting though because you're getting exposed yeah. at at like five, six years old. Yeah, yeah, and not just like kind of exposed. Your 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 grandma's saying like learn this stuff. Like listen, not just like listen, not just like hey, this is a nice tune for I'm us. I'm gonna tell you how to. real it is, man. There was a movie. Um, I it always slips my mind. I can't remember the name of the movie, 
But it's the movie where this family gets sucked into the cable box. And the there's this evil cat trying to catch them. Ah, uh, man. And there's a part where the evil dude and the dad, the family, the guy of the family. Is it called Stay Tuned? I think that's it. I'm just Googling here. What Is that you, it? I said movie sucked into cable box. And they, and, and basically. Plot follows the suburban couple who is sucked into a television world. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They must survive for 24 hours. That's it. Okay. That's it. The, Stay tuned. The, I don't know if I've ever seen this movie. You got to watch it because there's a scene. Nice. <laughs> there's a scene. Look up the scene. Look up the scene where they, they basically do a Prince music video. And it's the yellow. It was he, He's in the yellow and he's got the, the hair yep. tie and the yep. Yep. You know, yep. whatever. Yep. The evil guy who's the cable guy who's like some evil sinister guy, he's Prince. He's he's that version of Prince, which is the uh, cooler version yep. to them. And then the, the, the male lead the pro the protagonist is another version of prince and they're trying to get possession of the remote so they can change the channel and get away from him before he kills them right and i remember that coming on one time and my grandmother raised hell she was pissed <laughs> like who is this white mother trying to be prince I don't know, like that going off i mean she pulled her 38 out of her purse ready to shoot the tv man uh, like, so it was you don't mess you don't you mess don't, with prince you don't and grandma's mess with house prince and grandma's house so you i mean you're growing up yeah. with a high level of appreciation for prince music yeah. right and this yeah. is i mean if this is the early 90s i mean there's kind of some transitions going yeah. on in his career so was she following him through kind of like not really. symbol of chain name change error did that she she didn't i don't think she was really as invested as that okay she just loved him okay so like yep. she was just like an avid like fan she thought he was gorgeous and mm-hmm. he could sing and and he had good hair that's yeah that's, that's well, all it took what's well, not to love right what's well, not to love and you know and so that's you know that was her thing is prince was king in her house so as you grow up and you're playing music and you're going to school and yeah. you're learning the saxophone and building all these skills and you're mm-hmm. you know doing your thing in charlotte is prince music does that like continue with you or do you like not you really know? okay so, so the, it it, it so didn't come back for me i mean i i had an appreciation for prince because of my grandmother and because mm-hmm. of the people in my family who loved everybody loved prince but like yep. He was just a celebrity to me yep. at that point until musicology. Okay. And what changed there? Musicology because I was I was like a funk guy. I wanted mm-hmm. to play funk music. And James Brown, I saw James Brown in concert. And, you know, I saw this and I saw that. And then musicology came out. And at that point in my life, I was getting into production. Yep. So I was, I was making beats. I was listening more to lyrics mm-hmm. i was uh i was looking at just overall how to make a record and the business side of music yeah and that entity of prince to me just spoke to me it was the first time where i was like even i didn't even like wearing suits i hated mm-hmm. suits mm-hmm. until that yeah because his brother's showing up with it like, yeah he, it was he, like he, he, oh what? nice and tight it was like what and is he's cha- this he's changing the game yeah, again changing with the selling game. his selling his cd with the Listen, concert ticket like yeah were you paying attention to that yeah listen and then even um i think at one point if you if you subscribe to the newspaper you got the you got the record i think that, in great that, britain or yeah something. that was that was that was uh 2010 that was 2010 right was 2010, so, yeah yeah, yeah. Still, so like again, still that that changed the game like who does that right so Perhaps. i started looking at the business side of things <laughs> like that like how can i do that and so that's when i really started to really admire prince again 
and I started to wear wanted to have tailored And he was clothes. having his research, like, you know. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was and definitely. I mean, you got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. You right. got the Super Bowl stuff happening in this. Like, kind of things going on. 2007. Like, right. I mean, he's becoming, you know, because he went through the era of, like, yeah, that guy's kind of weird and he doesn't have a name. And, you know, like, I mean, folks weren't. You know, you get into like the late nineties. And Mark and I were front line. Yeah, yeah we, we yeah, that, that was that's our era. We loved yeah. him when nobody else did. But I mean, you know, but then he kind of pops back into the whole scene, and I think two thousand and four was a big yeah pivot point in that between the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Super Bowl and the Super Bowl was two thousand seven. Was that seven? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, so the was, yeah. but but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Musicology Tour, the prominence of Musicology, and just the massiveness. Mm-hmm. Of of that tour, yeah. Um, I mean, he just sold out arenas coast to coast. Yeah, he's just doing it. So, do you have a favorite song off Musicology? <laughs> yes, I do. All right, I felt like you did. <laughs> Can you? I want you to try to guess which one it is. You'll never guess. Uh, I got one uh, guess. What is the one? Uh, if I was the man in your life. No, that's a good guess though. That's a great song. Uh, I was gonna go with Dear Mr. Man. Nope. That's my favorite song. Pimping Coma Circumstance. Ah, I like that song too. <laughs> That's my jam. Yeah, yeah. Why well, wouldn't you like that song? That's so good. I wasn't. You which funk to use? That was my ah. jam. Now he would never play it when I was there, though. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so let's get back to the story that you yeah. were trying to tell, and then I interrupted you. And we oh, no, we got to go we, back to the liaison. We got plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're, you're so you you come out of the Anthony Hamilton gig, and then Anthony Hamilton opening for Prince yeah. gig. And then what happens? So, uh, yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, stories, man. You know how many stories I got? We'll be here all night. I had to put that in there. Uh, but, uh, no, so so Marcus and I went on to start doing our things. Now, Marcus, at this time, is a solo artist. He's doing his thing. He's he's building his resume. He's building his, his brand. Um, and he, speaking of Marcus, right now he's doing a festival. I mean, it's happening right now. He's having a festival yep. um, on the East Coast, and I'm super proud of him. But at that time, he had just gotten on with like a major group called the Sax Pack, mm. which is like all the major sax player solo artists doing their thing together, like the Rat Pack, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. So Marcus, uh, Marcus hits me up and is like, "Hey man, I got to tell you something, but you can't tell anybody." And this is my best friend, so yeah. I'm like, "I got you. What's up?" He's like, "I need you to back me up. I need you to fill in with me on some dates for the for the Sax Pack." And now. For me, I'm like, great, because that's going to build my career. Yeah. But also, I'm like, I got your back. I'm not going to, you know, because he knows I'm not going to try to take the gig yeah. over, you know, or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, fine. I got your back. Whatever you need, whatever you need. He's like, yeah, I got this call, and uh, I'm going to be working on this project for this artist with Prince. And I was like, word, let's <laughs> let's go. Because, again, a win for him is a win for me. Yeah, That's yeah, my yeah, partner. Yeah, yeah, you got so, my yeah. number. Yeah. So it, the further up he goes, I'm on that ladder too. Dude, so, I've been saying the same thing with Dustin since yeah, like 97. I'm just saying? like, oh, yeah, man, we're right. going. We're we rolling. Going. I know we all going, about right. that. So, so, uh, so then, so I'm like, great. You know, so I'm just let me know the dates. Cool. Congratulations. This is huge. This is huge. Let's go. Literally 20 minutes later, I get a call. And I'm, um, I get the call and it's somebody and they say, hey, this is such and such with Paisley Park. Um, we wanted to know if you wanted to come and be a part of this thing we're doing. We're producing Andy Allo. Yep. And Prince would like to have you as a part of the horn section for Andy Allo. And I literally said, that's real funny, Marcus. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so hilarious. 
Cassandra O'Neill. But it wasn't, but it wasn't it, Marcus. It, it wasn't Marcus. <laughs> so Cassandra O'Neill calls me a few minutes later, and she's like, hey, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, what's up? She's like, well, somebody from Paisley's trying to call you. And I was like, yeah, I know Marcus called me. She's like, no, it wasn't Marcus. Prince really liked you guys at the Anthony show, and he wants to bring you guys in. And I was like, so that wasn't Marcus trying to call me? Yeah. And she's like, no, why would you think it was Marcus? And I told her, I was like, well, Marcus just told me that he got the call. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, he did. But they want you too, so you need to answer. So they called me again. That was good. And it's good yeah. to have friends. So she, yeah. So she told <laughs> them to call me back, and they called me back, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I got, I've got Sprint, and my signal was real bad." <laughs> and uh, and that's believable because Sprint is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or was it's T-Mobile now? Mm -hmm. But um, so yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. What's happening?" And so they told us. They told me they wanted us to come out and help build a horn section for andy allo how long after the the gig is that is this a week is this a month is this... oh man this is like months okay this so is like, like this like you had no idea, no idea. Coming. Yeah. you know you yeah. crushed the show you know the yeah the, the anthony Life hamilton moving on. was good yeah, we but... were already moving on to other yeah. things so i'd done a full tour with anthony at that point um uh marcus was doing his thing and and we we were already kind of on the move of what's next you know yep um and so we they told us they wanted us to build a section. So we did. We Prince wanted a section of guys, the top youthful athletic horn section in the country. Why do you think, just I want to pause yeah. on that for a second, because we were talking a little earlier about kind of this youth kind of element and yeah. kind of coming new Prince fans, et cetera. Why do you think he wanted this youthful well, I element. think he's. I think he saw the thing we. The first thing we were talking about earlier. I think he saw that before anybody else. He even said it in a few interviews. He said, he, he, "I said I'm only working with young people now," um, and I think that was because he saw that that's the only way to keep keep it moving. To keep yeah. it, you know, keep it evolving. He was yep. all about evolution. Mm -hmm. Prince didn't like like most people find it as flattering when you try to do something they do. He hated that. He, really, he would say. Give me an example of how you know that that's true. He didn't like Bruno Mars. Okay. He didn't like <laughs> anything that sounded like him, he didn't like. Right. You know, he would say, I already did that. Yeah. It's you know, been done. Uh, I can't remember. Were you there at that time? Somebody played. That was me. That was you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, whatever, whatever we were about to talk about. What was this? <laughs> That was. Uh, we got people I didn't want to say it was you. <laughs> no, it I was thought me. it was you. We've, haven't we talked about this? On I can't remember. The podcast the, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. So we have to talk about it again. You knew exactly what I was talking about too. That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, I believe we have talked about this on the podcast, but we'll talk about it again. Um, so it was a Paisley Park party, but it was just for the band members, and I was called in to DJ. Yeah, and. I don't know what I played. I, it wasn't Uptown Funk. It was Treasure. It was, yeah, I was going to say, I think it was Treasure. <laughs> and I played Treasure. Oh, I remember the story now. And then basically, he said no. Five seconds into it, he brought the volume down mm -hmm. and was like, next. He was like, I... I next. He said, I... I, uh, I like the original. Yeah, I like the original better. Yeah. And then I immediately was like, one was like, uh, <laughs> James Brown... I just searched James. I just searched James and B and then just played the first song I could find. <laughs> but that's a good pivot right there, man. Great pivot. That's a great, that's a good pivot. You're like, all right. And then he's we... like, there we go. And then he just pranked it up even louder. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but like for me, okay, so clar clarify this for me. Cause I, is he, is he saying the extra lovable is the original treasure? Or what song was he? What song was he saying was the original treasure? Uh, I went and looked it up because I did not know, and I still don't remember. Was it uh, Tower of Power? Maybe 
Hold on. Oh, I thought he meant one of his songs. No, he was just saying. So in the song, yeah. it uses like the melody or something, and it, it's given credit. I've looked it up, oh, and okay. I think it's Tower of Power. Okay, because I always I was like, dang, he think it sound that much like extra no. lovable. Yeah, he's like, essentially saying they're biting some stuff yeah, from, yeah. from yesteryear, yeah. and I like the original better. Right, and don't come into my house playing, you know, Tower of Power on. You so know. you know, we were supposed to do Super Bowl with Bruno. Yeah, and he didn't want to do it. So we didn't do it. Really? Yeah. Which ended up being cool. We didn't do it. Um, Was that just out of respect? No. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be a. No, I'm talking about you not doing it. I'm not talking about him. No, I wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hadn't done Super Bowl yet, so I was mm-hmm. like, I want to do it. You've mm-hmm. already done it, but I want to do it. Uh, we were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he said he didn't want to do it. Uh, but we knew he wouldn't want to do it because he didn't like Bruno. So it was like, yeah, it's so it's a it's a non-starter, and it's nothing to do with Bruno. Bruno, Bruno loves Prince. Yeah, you know, like uh, I got it. And so I was just, it was weird. But uh, but I I'll never forget that. But he was always like that. Anybody that sounded like him wasn't on his good list. He yeah. wanted you to. He would always say, "I already did that." You know what I'm saying? Do something else. Do something better. Do something he wants new. you to do better, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants it's almost, it's encouraging. It's not like a, a jerk. He's not being yeah. a jerk. So he's bringing youth around yeah. in an effort to like lift up that energy, yeah. that vibe, that creative want, spirit. I got you. He didn't want the youth to do. Essentially, he didn't want the youth to start getting used to doing what he was accusing them of doing. Right. Yeah. So and like, al- yeah. also, if your whole band is like sore and like you know like. You're gonna feel sore. You want people that are just like popping around the stage. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Just like right. giving that new and that new well, also, energy. Yeah. Well, yeah, new energy and also no ego. Yeah. So a lot of times with bands, uh, and we see it all the time. A lot of times with bands, when people get comfortable, they their ego kicks in and they're expecting certain things. And he wanted fresh blood that was just yep. ready to go and play and hungry for it instead of spoiled you know yep so y'all starting with andy allo what yeah. does that look like i mean t- so tell me yeah so they call you we need you to come to paisley park yeah they get you a ticket mm-hmm. how long from like when they call you to like when you're rolling to paisley park it's like a day a week a month it was like three months so okay so you're, you you yeah. get the call and then you just gotta like sit around and be like all right we get I, the call marcus and i build this horn section for them and then they you don't guys are sending aren't you sending prints like yeah videos, we're right? sending we're not not even before that we send them a, a a file i made a file for this like with everybody's bio and pictures and right, stats right. and all this stuff like it was like i was scouting for the yeah, nfl yeah, this is why you did liaison yeah you, i'm, you building, liaison. You, this, I'm building this, this, this is my crew yeah, right? yeah all right yeah, prince who do you want to draft i'm building who spreadsheets and stuff like this guy's gonna give you this this guy's gonna give you this <laughs> Prince and they didn't. Like, I'm gonna build the right. fantasy horn section. Exactly. That's the way. I, that's the way I looked at it. I was like, he wants the fantasy horn section. I'm gonna give it to him. <laughs> so I, I called. I called all of my friends in the industry, like all the top guys, but also the cats I knew who could dance. Yeah. You know. And so, um, the hard part was I couldn't tell them when we were leaving, how long we were gonna be gone, what we were getting paid, any of that. All I could tell them was it was for an artist that was being produced by Prince. So, right. Most people were saying no yeah, because it, it's too hard to yeah. like. And they got they got they got bills families. And, they got responsibilities. Yeah. They got other gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, so tours. So um, I finally got this thing together, and I sent it. And they basically said, "Well, Prince wants a video before he flies you." First, they said we're gonna fly us out, 
And then he went to Paris for Fashion Week or something. Yeah. And then something else came up. And then they came back and said, well, he wants a video of this band before he flies them out. Now, at this point, are you yeah. frustrated with this dude Yes, yet? very, very, very. Because, <laughs> I mean, this, he'll push your buttons like oh, this. Oh, man. So, I mean, so, like three months. Just, yeah, it's, it's like just months. like, all oh, I'm doing is working for you. Months. I ain't got no check. And then he's sending. I got this spreadsheet. I got all these horn players. Tunes. He would send songs out to me and be like, do a horn section part for this. Are you talking to him? No. During- Okay, who are you None. talking I'm to? I'm talking to somebody in the administration. It's always somebody different. Okay, so you're getting it's always a girl. It's always a girl. You're, but you're you're not yeah. you're not like collaborating with Prince. You're collaborating no. through this middle person yeah. to Prince every time. It's always yeah. This why this, do you think he worked like that? I don't know. I think that he just didn't want to He's give too everybody busy access. Doing other shit too. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, yeah, that too. I you think could he just didn't be wanna, in the studio and say, "Tell yeah, Adrian this." Yeah, he would say, "Tell." Tell the such and such and then people I'm gonna to, go do back this. to do this. So he's essentially I don't need to type that email. Yeah, he's yeah. essentially um just yeah that's yeah. probably a, he's just he's, he's operating just, so efficiently. He's efficient, so yeah, yeah he's yeah. doing it. And so um so yeah, so they did that and they told me we need video and I was like yeah, but you told me, I remember saying this. I was like you told me to get the top cats from all over the country. We're not we're not together. And that's what I did. And so I can't get them together because they're all over the country. And so they said, well, can you get North Carolinians where you are? Yeah. And I said, yeah, I can do that. Um, so I put the squad again, get together again. Same thing. I have to go back to them and say, I can't tell you how much we're getting paid. I can't tell you where we're going. I can't tell you how long we're going. All I can tell you is. It's probably an opportunity of a lifetime. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? So why are you sold on this? Because, I mean. you're Because fr- I saw the show. So, so yeah. you're frustrated with him. Yeah. You're like, dude, I've been dragging this thing out. I'm working my ass off. I got my fantasy horn section here that <laughs> Prince is supposed to be yeah. drafting from. This dude's, I'm working through this lady and that lady and this other lady. Yeah. And it's the worst kind of working experience. Yet, you're all in. It's a big gamble, but it's, I mean, if you win. Here, the way I looked at it is like this. I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And if I won... I won. Yeah, you won. So, so what? What, what would? So, yeah. So, what would you win if you won? And you're, were you? I mean, were you conscious of this? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. if I win, I win. What did that mean I to look you at in terms of winning? When it comes to career and strategy, I'm a strategist. So, like, I looked at everything. What's the word? I don't. When it comes to business, I don't like to play checkers. I play chess. All right. So I'm gonna look at every move before I make my move. Okay. And uh, and so that's what I did. Is I looked at it and I said, okay. Even if we just get this opportunity to go work with this artist, if he sees us in that element again, because that's what got him, att- got his attention in the first you. place. He's yeah, already th- seen th- him. This is the tryout. Yeah, this is the tryout. Yeah, did you know it was the tryout? No, but that's, but, but, but that's you're, what you're I'm kinda, assuming. Your gut's kind of Yeah, my gut's you. telling me is like, he wouldn't be calling us if it wasn't. So if we get in there, yeah. and that's what I told my guys. I was like, we're going to do this. Once I got the crew together that I wanted, then we got to Paisley Park. I said, you know, and Handy Allo, I love you to death. We didn't do it for you. <laughs> like, we weren't there for you. I love you. But, mm-hmm. you know, I told the guys, I said, we're going to do this until he sees us. Because I had also seen that. Prince has a habit of recruiting or poaching musicians for his band from the bands that he puts together. For yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's right. a training ground. It's like training it's, ground. Yeah. So that's what I was anticipating. And so when I finally got this group together, the second version of the group, again, a few of them were like, we'll do the audition for you. So we did an audition video. And then when I told them we got to go, they were like, can't, can't do it. it. You know, unless you can tell us how much we're getting and how long we're going, 
we can't do it. Mm-hmm. So I brought in a few of my homies from high school. Okay. And that's that's what you get as the, the, the my half of the MPG Horns is Marcus, BK, me, Lynn Grissett, and Joey Rayfield. Lynn Grissett and Joey Rayfield I've known since high school. All right. Yep. And so, um, and they were like, the reason I like them so much, especially Joey Rayfield, who is half redneck, half hillbilly. <laughs> His name is Bobby Joe Rayfield III. Um, <laughs> I've known Joey since I was in sixth grade, my trombone player. Mm-hmm. And he was working as a, as a cook, a chef. And I literally said to him, you know, he had done the audition video with us. I said, what are you doing this week? What are you doing tomorrow? And he said, uh, I'm going to work. I said, no, you're not. And he said, what do you mean? I said, do you trust me? And he said, yeah. I said, then call out. And that's what he did. And we flew to Paisley. Crazy. And so you fly out to Paisley yeah. after three months and back yeah. and forth or whatever the time frame is, but, you know, not sure. Not sure. And you fly into Minneapolis. We fly into drive Minneapolis. Out, drive out to Paisley. Tell me about the first time walking through the doors. We drive out to Paisley in a... They, they brought us out in a little Chester Molester van. <laughs> um, it was raining cats and dogs. What, what time of year is this? Is this like springtime or summer? Or? I want to say it's spring. Okay. I want to say it's spring. No snow on the ground. It wasn't, like, it wasn't so cold you couldn't stand it. March. Okay. Yeah. And so March or April, we, we get out there. We're sitting in that parking lot right there at the where the where the merch area is now yep yep used to be a parking lot like in in you know so we're sitting there in this van waiting for them to come and open the door we've called and told them because we still have no direct access yet yep call and tell them we're outside and we're sitting there and we sat there for like 30 to 45 minutes in the van in the rain that's not that long yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then finally i got got stories of waiting in that parking lot much longer finally we see the door open Nobody's there. It's <laughs> just the door opens, and we we all kind of pile out, get our instruments, and run to the door to get out of the rain. We get inside. Um, somebody directs us over to the sound stage, mm-hmm. and uh, we get there and we're setting up. There's a platform. There's the stage, and then what they have is those platforms now where they have the clothes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's those which used to have chairs and you remember yeah, yeah, they had yeah, the couches yeah, yeah. and stuff. So they had, they had cleared one of those off from the couches and stuff and they had us they were asking us to set up on that which you know as you know the sound stage is huge right yeah so the stage is on that end and he's got y'all our platform is at the very back where, yeah. the, where the mixing so board this is, is. This, is, this is some initiation it's type initiation stuff, stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, y'all ain't made it to the big stage we yet. Made it y'all, to the big stage. y'all are in, y'all are on the platform in the back no y'all mics no we're, mics we're, nothing just, good luck to you and yeah. where and where <laughs> prince can just look at you well he can just look at us so so we get there we we get up on there and we're putting our stuff together and he he just magically appears that's how he does out there exactly and he like i'm literally about to walk down the stairway and he's just right there and he's scared to death out of me he scared me so bad i had to pee mm-hmm. um but i i just you know kind of chuckled and i said hey you know and where's the bathroom right <laughs> and uh i went you know i shook his hand and he he said thank you he was really cool though he said thank you for coming we're really happy to have you guys here nice um do you need anything and i'll you know just me being the the organizer or the liaison, liaison. for that part of the section i was like yeah we could we could use some waters for the for the horn section and that's just me thinking he's gonna and somebody's gonna come with waters no he shuffles off yep comes back with bottled (laughs) waters like this 
<laughs> in, in his in his arms, you know. And I'm like, I feel terrible because I'm like, I just made Prince go get us water. <laughs> he does that though. He was. Yeah. He, that's the, how he was. I've very had, hospitable I've man. Been Dude, there I before when he's just been like, "Do you need something? Can I yeah. get you some water?" And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I guess." Like, <laughs> I'm cool, thirsty. Go grab me a water. I am thirsty. Yeah, man. He was. But very, I think. I think. I mean. Yeah. It, it just shows you. I mean, the guy's human, right? He's human. Like he he's working in a sufficient manner. He's yeah. got a game plan for what he wants to do with the music. He's now busy you're because here. he's got he got all the stuff to do, right? But yeah. dude, yeah, of course you all need some water. Y'all gonna he's play like, some horns for me? Right. I don't want y'all to be dehydrated. Like y'all, right. I'm gonna. And I just put you through a whole bunch yeah, of fucking hoops. I'm not even sure if like, he's aware of that piece. I don't dude. even think he's I, even I, thinking about that. I think he's that. just like. He, yeah. They need some water. Yeah. I know where the water is. I'll go get this. He was just always he he had always been like I mean I know for me he was always hospitable so he always made sure we were comfortable right personally like he didn't send somebody to go do it he'd make sure you had what you needed and uh which is just interesting just super about, cool I mean, man. It, 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 it's, it's part of his character yeah, it's a real right? human connection though but that exactly it's that it's a human connection and, and at that point when you do that for me at a certain amount of times like if, if it becomes consistent then that's gonna make me follow you. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be invested. It's a leadership style, right? It's, like, exactly. Because oh, I could snap my fingers and somebody could go get some waters, or yeah. I could go get these dudes some waters and like, it's I'm, like I'm making a connection with it's you. It's the Dale Carnegie method. Yeah, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, he's, a, he, he's invested in the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, that's so fascinating. So I mean, yeah, and so I was at that moment, I was like. This guy is really cool, and and that's some chess right there yeah. too, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it's kind of his character, but it's also like it's a, it's, it's a game. So yeah. it's, he played us, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. But, <laughs> but no, we were. I mean, he already knew we. You were You win. Like, we're here. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> he already knew we were like, oh my god, it's Prince. You exactly. Know? So, well, that's so it probably calms you down a bit too, a little though, bit, right? Like, it, but it right. also confuses you. You know, like what's going on? So, right. <laughs> so we played. So tell us about tell me about playing. Like who's. Who's you? You're, you're you're on the back riser. We're on the back riser. Who's is the band playing? The is band it just, is playing. You know how it's, does that? How just paint the picture. It's Goucher, Andrew Ooh. Goucher on bass, John Blackwell tone. on drums. I'm a big Goucher fan. Yeah, Mike Scott on guitar, Eda Nielsen on guitar, Morris Hayes on keys, Cassandra O'Neill on keys, uh, Shelby, Elisa, and Liv background vocals. I think I called everybody. Yeah. Out. Yeah, that and was you the knew, squad. You knew Cassandra. Cassandra. I, knew, I knew Cassie and I knew Shelby. That was it. And I had met John, but I didn't okay. know him that well yeah, yeah. yet. Um, and and I knew I had met Goucher, but I didn't know him that well. Right, right. You know, uh, so yeah, um, it was uh, it was crazy. And so and then Andy, Andy Allo, of right. course, was in the band too. So so we started playing. They started playing tunes. They started running Andy's stuff, and we're on that back riser with no mics or anything. Yeah. And they're like, here, you know, here's the music. We already had most of it. Okay, so you've been you 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 were aware of yeah. kind of what you were walking into from was it like stuff you had written to? No, no, this is all Andy's stuff though. So so most of that stuff had been recorded. Andy's record was recorded by Maceo and Trombone Shorty, the Horns. Ah, Trombone Shorty. Yeah. So uh, so like all that stuff had charts that we had been sent. I didn't so, know Trombone Shorty was involved in that. Yeah, yeah. He's was on that, there. Um, was Because BK's connection. I know BK's been out with Trombone yeah, so, Shorty. So that's how we, we met Trombone Shorty through this. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, So that was the, so he was doing Andy Allo stuff, and mm-hmm. then you come back around. Ah. We, uh, yeah, we just became friends with Shorty because he came back when we did Kimmel. Okay. When we did Jimmy Kimmel, Maceo and Trombone Shorty came back to do those shows. 
and that's how we kind of linked. Uh, and Trombone Shorty was a good friend. He is a good friend of uh, uh, my cousin. My cousin is a jazz trumpeter in New Orleans. All right, cool. Who runs a group called Trumpet Mafia. Shout out to Trumpet Mafia. Hey. And uh, when when I got to tell Tr- Trombone Shorty, like, you know my cousin, it was like we just instantly yeah, exactly. linked. Yep. And he loved BK's energy. I mean, BK's BK. So, yeah. you yeah. know, the rest is history. But, um, but yeah, so we started playing this music. And uh, for like three days, for like three or four days, we go in and we play through it on this riser with no mics or anything. And they wouldn't give us anything. Like, no, there was no inclination that we were doing good or bad. It was just, okay, let's three do this. Days so, so, three so what, days? So, what, 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 tell me about like, yeah. The days. I mean, you don't got to go into detail, but it's like five hour days, ten hour days. Like, are you at back there the whole like, time? Like, what is what 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 what, is, what are these days look like? At first, it was like, like five hour days, and we would come in later. Like the band would be there, and we would come in later in the day, four or five hours, and just run tunes with them and stuff. And again, my my guys are starting to get kind of like, okay, what is this? You know. Um, but we were having our fun. We you're like, dude, shut up, it's Prince. Right. Dude, That's, cause, that, cause, that was cause, me. Because when they get some sleep, yeah. When they're asking, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Like. Like it's just so, it's confusing, different than any kind of yeah, rehearsal it's not type like, gig. You've it's not done. like any other gig you've ever done. And me and Marcus are basically charged with trying to keep them invested. And yeah. so, and at this time, it's just a five, it's just a six piece or five piece actually, horn section or yeah, no six piece. We had we had two trumpets, um, trombone, uh, three saxophones, and so at that time we were also we didn't know, but we were also in competition with another horn section. Oh shucks! Really? Yeah. So like, there's two horn sections there's two doing horn the same thing. Doing the same thing. It's like Bizarro World. We would come like in A and B group. We would come in. That's crazy. For a week, and then he'd send us home, mm-hmm. and then they would come in, and then he'd send them home, and then we would come in, right? And so eventually, and what's he trying to figure out? Like which one he wants to which go? Which one with? he wants to go with? Because nobody needs an eleven piece horn section. Yeah, exactly. So he's trying to figure out which horn section he wants to go with. <laughs> this is devious, dude, man. I love this dude. It's devious. It makes you love him even more, right? I know. Like we, so, did, now, did you know you were no, in competition? No. No, we didn't know until later. So, mm. so basically, then he started sending, this is when he started sending me charts. I mean, not charts, but songs, rehearsals, mm-hmm. like recordings of rehearsal and say, I want horns for this, and you're going to work with this other horn player to make the make the song make the horn chart right yep so i'm like okay cool who is it and they were like phil lassiter and i was like phil lassiter like the gospel arrangement guy <laughs> and they're like yeah so at this point i'm living in la yeah and i'm doing i got a little home studio and i'm recording parts and then phil is phil is like an accomplished horn arranging guy that's right, what he right. does so everything i send to phil he would just shoot it down and be like no i don't want to do that let's do it my way and so at that point, I felt like, well, I'm not really getting anything. I'm not really We're getting not- a say. And I feel like you're just kind of Trump, you know, you're trumping me. You're not letting mm-hmm, me do anything. Mm-hmm. But okay, you're Phil Lasseter. I'm going to trust it. Um, but then I sent, uh, we did uh, uh, Days of Wild. And mm-hmm. there's a Bugle Boy thing in there on this particular version. And we did it. And I, I did an arrangement for that. And I had Lynn play that bugle like a bugle boy solo and that's what got phil to listen to me a little bit mm-hmm. he liked it yes he liked it so much that he took he took lynn's solo off of it and he played it oh. so, <laughs> so i, got, I um, can do that <laughs> right so then at that point 
we start going back to Paisley again, and uh, we uh, it's both horn sections. Oh, so it's like the meeting of the two worlds. It's the meeting of the two worlds, and so it just it was decided. Was- Prince liked Prince liked the season sa- and the fat sound that 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 Phil could get on these records. But he liked the showmanship of of us. All right, so like he liked essentially, the look. essentially yeah. he's got two options, and they're yeah. both good, and they're both bringing kind of different elements. Yeah. So tell me about when y'all. I mean, you you knew Phil was part of this thing, mm-hmm. but like all of a sudden the 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 crews like y'all standing off like a beat it video, or is it like <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, no, well, okay, so uh, you I guys are on their riser. Yeah, we're on our right. riser. Well, I should also mention so the riser thing. That's another thing I got I got to talk about. So the riser thing actually ended before that. Okay. So what happened is after like two weeks of us going out there, one day, you know, the band took a break. And uh, and we still didn't know. We were like, what's going on? And I think uh, somebody came out. I can't remember. I think it was Morris. Morris, it was Morris. Morris came out and was like, yeah, so uh, listen, fellas, uh, <laughs> y'all can get y'all stuff and, uh, and head up to the big stage, to the stage. Nice. And so it was like, that was it. We we're like, oh, we made it. Yeah, we're, we're getting on the big stage. They got mics up there. We're gonna be on the on the show. You know, yeah. he's gonna be able to really hear us. Yeah, and then um, and then like the next time we came, like I said, it was all the horns, right? And then when it got when it came time to do Andy's stuff, uh, which is what we were doing, uh, there was a decision made. That it would just be our section. Okay. Right, and we found out later that Andy just didn't like them. You know, she wanted the look. Uh, she wanted the party group. Because it was, it, was a, younger, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. Right. And so, so we became Andy's horn section. But then Prince would kind of, you know, and of course the other guys were looking at us like, yeah, y'all are the kids. Y'all are going to go with Andy. Right, we right. got the Prince gig. You know, they weren't like doing it on purpose, but we sensed it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then eventually we saw Prince started kind of sneaking in and watching. And then eventually they came in with some new music and handed it to me. Um. And <laughs> I looked at it, and I I think BK was like, "This is another Andy tune," and I was like, "Nah, it's a Prince song." And Sick. I was like, "Okay, so we're in. We're, we get we got it. This is where we're at." So so then that's when the whole MP the, the MPG and, horns as a whole came together. And when, when you're yeah. seeing that, like I mean, like are y'all just jazz? Like can you just like look at each other? Like we like like yeah. you can't celebrate because you have Paisley. You gotta we be gotta cool. play it cool. You, you gotta be cool. We but gotta like, be cool. But like, are you looking at BK? Because like you know this dude, yeah, you, you Marcus. You're like yeah, yeah we're we, like we, we're we're in. In. I already know <laughs> they're on the back at the hotel and BK's jumping up and down on the bed. Man, <laughs> BK, you gotta understand, BK was like so young, man, like. He was so green mm-hmm. at that point. Like right. we literally, we literally pulled him out of college, for mm-hmm. this. and and so it was just really funny. So we get we get up there and we're working on Prince tunes now on the main stage on the on the in the sound room, and you've got Phil Lasseter and his his horn section stage right, and you got us stage left. Okay, so it's organized now. I'm, yeah, I'm- eleven horns, stereo horn section, right? So cool. And we start doing our thing which is the dancing and all the showmanship stuff. And Phil and his guys are like, nah, nah, you're not, we're not doing all that. We're going to play these parts. And we still got charts. You know, we're still on books, big fat books full of music. So, you know, we have stands and stuff and they're like, you know, we don't have time for all of that. And, uh, eventually Prince starts noticing. Uh, I mean, I don't think eventually, I think he noticed it the whole time. 
but he starts asking me and BK and Marcus to be like the dancers. So we're dancing with uh, uh, the girls. We're dancing with right. whoever. You guys are coming out yeah. away from the the rest of the horns. We're coming away. We're yep. we're getting a little bit more FaceTime. Yep. yep. And so eventually everybody starts trying to kick in and do some of the choreography. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody can move now. Everybody, everybody can, can all move. of a sudden I guess move. I got to dance if I want to yeah. solo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. If I want to solo, I better dance. And so um, the next thing we did was we decided that we wanted to get iPads. Uh, because our books were, right, you know, two feet <laughs> high books. Uh, if you, you and know, it's you, not 1987. You, yeah, if you yeah. look at how many <laughs> charts and arrangements, because we, right, no show was ever the same. Yeah, so you had to be on your toes. Yeah, you had to be able to get to. We're doing medleys and arrangements, so every medley has six, four, five, six songs in it. Then we've got the original version of that song, and then we got another medley with that song in it. So we had like six versions of one song. And so we got, you know, we decided we wanted iPads and we went to the rest of the horn section and said, we, we think we should get iPads. And they said, you know, if Prince ain't buying it, we ain't doing it. And so me and Marcus and BK went on eBay and we bought used iPads. Mm -hmm. And over the weekend, we just started scanning our stuff into it. Yeah. We came back, we came back the following week with iPads (laughs) and iPad stands Mm -hmm. and just put them on the mic stands, you know, and. Yeah, it was easy. Like just, just little light, little small thing. Yep. And literally the next week, the following week, everybody had iPads. I'm talking about like the band. Oh, so, really? Gouche, so, yeah. Cassandra, Morris, everybody had iPads. Because y'all just changed the game. We changed the go. game. So it was it was hilarious. That's, bring, that's why you bring youth. Yeah, bring that's why youth. you bring youth. That's right. Why you bring I mean, youth. it's actually really yeah. an, an interesting kind of. I, full circle point to our conversation earlier yeah you bring youth because everyone's so used to like oh i need to print this on the printer Mm -hmm. i gotta get this i got my stacks of paper that are two and a half feet high yeah (laughs) it's a lot but i mean ipads i mean then what do you do when the lights you know the stage lights come on you can't can't see see it it. yeah you know But that's that changed, that dorky though. little light on the top of your stand. Nobody wants that anymore. Yeah, nobody wants. Nobody needs that anymore. And it anymore. doesn't look good. We got an iPad. Yeah. That's so amazing. And our thing was, we were trying to get to a point, even with all of that music, we were still trying to get to a point where we didn't need it. Yeah. Uh, we wanted it to be second nature. And eventually it was. Yeah. It was, you know. Because you just started so to learn it, right? We just started learning but, it. But you can't just, there's too much music to learn and be good. But, but it's, it's good, good to have dance it. moves. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. good to have it there. Yeah. And so that makes sense to me, kind of coming back to the House of Blues as the as the kind of first major gig, and yeah. that, the United Center House of Blues, kind of Andy because mm-hmm. that's like that was like her, yeah, that was like part. She was a big focus of that yeah. show. Yeah. All right. And even that show, um, the the United the United Center show, we were on. We weren't on again. We weren't on the symbol stage. Okay. We were on that platform. That Morris is Morris is on. Okay, where the sound crew, where the sound, the the mixing board and all that stuff is. Yep. So we're like the United Center. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are way back, we're way out. And keep yeah. in mind, this is funny. This is so you're not funny. you're not fully incorporated we're not, into the. We're not fully that's, yeah. that's also where I was DJing pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. And they had, so is that the first time y'all meet? We I, where, where did we? Y- meet? Y'all meet there? Had to. I, I think so. I think we did meet there. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I remember coming out like all of a sudden I was like. Obviously, I was still DJing random parties. I mean, it might have been at Paisley first. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No, he wasn't. He wasn't doing much. I think at Paisley you DJed. At that point. I think you DJed a party where it was just us. One okay. of those parties. Yeah. Yeah. 
but re- but regardless, yeah, that you guys were like way back in the United Center, and that's where I was set up because yeah. Prince had me come on to DJ when people were filling the seats. Yeah, and then I needed to get out of there right away so mm-hmm. you guys could come up, and they had me break down. They were like, "Okay, you're done." Blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> they're like, "He wants you to play one more," and I'm <laughs> like. Marty broke it we down. just broke all this down like we broke everything down and also at that point like my my serato software loading my hard drive took like five minutes uh, yeah. so i was like literally up there they reset me up i'm waiting for the computer i'm like come on load 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 loaded i played another song for like 40 seconds and then it was like get out of there lights went out like the whole stadium lights went out and my shit the sound went down and they were scrambling me off for you guys to get up there that was such an interesting night because also we didn't have um we had wedges we weren't on ears or anything and you were used to in-ears no not necessarily but the fact that we weren't on the stage right and we were so far away from the stage in an arena yeah 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 meant we were hearing the house sound yeah yeah and the wedges. So the time delay on the latency of it was just ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I still to this day don't understand how Morris was doing what he did. He had to be on ears. He had to be on ears. I don't know. I think so. I mean, I know Prince was doing ears in ears back then. Yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy night. And then you play House of Blues too? Then we play House of Blues after party. Um, First night you didn't. Yeah, because yeah, that, that whole thing went sideways, right? Yeah, yeah I they, was. I just kept DJing and kept DJing and kept DJing. Yeah, I, don't I mean sideways for Prince and the fans that were there that were frustrated. Yeah, because they shut us down, um, which they said it was a noise ordinance. Okay, and Prince said, I remember him arguing with the the venue people and basically saying, "I've played here." Plenty of times, and there's never been a noise ordinance mm-hmm. before. And they were like, well, we have noise ordinances. Like, well, Dudley's DJing, he turned it up way too loud. Yeah, that was your fault. That <laughs> yeah. was your fault. Dustin, Dustin causing the pain uh, for thousands of people. Uh, That's so interesting. Yeah, when uh, I was in Germany at the time, mm-hmm. watching Beverly Hills Cop in German, not nearly as fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go back to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> True story. Uh, back to Chicago City Winery. So you play George Lucas. Yeah. You roll at City Winery, and now, now you are on stage mm-hmm. in the band. I mean, it's a small stage too, yeah. right? Yeah. And y'all are front and center at this point. What yeah. What happened between the Andy Allo show at the United, where you're kind of like on this side kind of bar deal, and the you know Welcome to America Chicago, and you're you're part of it, but you're not like fully incorporated yeah. to. Y'all are, you get to the encore. Basically a semi-circle Yeah, yeah, let me just, let me just, just, by the time you get to the encore. (laughs) Yeah. Right, by the time you get to the encore, the horns are the front stage. Like, it's it's 11, it's 11 across, and you know where Prince was? Behind us. Behind us. Do you know where Prince was behind you, though? Where? Because I was watching him, because, like, this is my favorite Prince. No offense to y'all on the horns. Just, like, no offense to all the other people. (laughs) I got my own no offense to y'all doing your horn thing. He was sitting sitting behind Hannah. Oh, yeah. On the drums. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was watching him, and, I mean, I love Prince on the drums. He wasn't Mm -hmm. even on the drums. He was just standing behind her with a couple drumsticks. And y'all are are doing, like, this whole thing, and, like, it's – and I'm watching both, you know, kind of moving between it, but mostly watching Prince. And he's, like, just – 
He starts off with like a little tap on the cymbal and just like a little tap and just feeling a little thing. <laughs> and like by like four minutes into party, man, I mean this dude's just like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing all the movements and but you know, but but y'all were yeah. the focal point of kind of that that show or the culmination of that show. So what happened? I think I think it was a culmination of what he liked about Phil's squad and what he liked about our squad being put together. So he liked the showmanship that we brought. He liked the tenacity and the quality of sound and choice that Phil and his section brought. And so when we put those two together, Prince could on stage literally be the conductor or the the producer. He didn't have yeah. to do all the work. And like you said, BK's yeah. green. You're still young too. Yeah. So it's like you're, he's bringing this young energy and yeah. then also – He's I mean, how old is Phil? Has, how old is Phil? Is he how much older? Phil Phil's a little older than us. Yeah, so he's point. got yeah. you know a little. Phil's like more expertise. Yeah. He knows he loves his arrangements. Yeah, Phil's like you guys are my bringing age the energy now at that okay. point. So he's and and the crazy part about ten it years is, older than you guys. Yeah, the crazy part about it is at that point I didn't realize it at the point, but Phil had played on all these records for all these crazy famous gospel artist right mm-hmm. yeah but he had never toured with anybody oh, really wow. so this was his first experience touring too so it was uh no nobody big like that yeah so like it it, it was really cool for all of us it was like just a great experience and a learning experience um uh, but i think that what prince i think that what he saw and what he really enjoyed is what that he could he could uh kind of just take the attention away from himself and then and then bring his fans into this circus of sound yeah and and then just conduct. Yeah, that's. You know? I mean, when I saw him that night, yeah. and I had seen him a lot of times before that show, that was a different experience. And conductor, I'm almost certain was the word I used coming mm-hmm. out of it. That he was he was the maestro in terms of yeah. moving the sounds, and he was very confident in. Yeah that it was going to turn out like yeah. he, he wasn't messing around right he didn't pick up the guitar once i, I was gonna say it. he probably didn't even pick up his guitar no i don't um, think he did i'm yeah. almost certain he didn't play the guitar mm-hmm. um so y'all come back from the city winery gig you come back to minneapolis mm-hmm. i'll tell you how it goes down because i remember these types of things and then july 3rd there is a party at paisley and this is the first party at paisley that had really happened that had been open to the public for a long time so dustin calls me and he mm-hmm. says Hey, there's going to be a party at Paisley. I don't know if it's going to be open, but I've been asked to invite a couple people. Yeah. Okay. I remember so, this. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm like, I'm, in, I'm all nervous. I'm like, dude, like, okay, I got to get dressed up, but I don't want to look too dressed up. Like, I was just coming out here to go. And I was like, well, like, if it's just like a private thing, like, what's my story going to be? Like, it was because, you know, it was <laughs> yeah. just weird, dude. Um, and we hadn't been out there in a while. And we got out there, and then they end up opening the doors Mm -hmm. to other fans that were just sitting outside. So it became less of a private deal. And, and then y'all play. And once again, very prominent horn sections, very prominent kind of that, that was like the central focus of, um, kind of his movement. Very similar to city winery deal, a little more raw with a few additional songs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, um, do you remember all this? I do. I remember. (laughs) I remember. I was out there just in the crowd. It's like, it's crazy because I remember bits and pieces of all these shows, yeah. um, but I do remember coming back to Paisley, and, and it was at that point it was like we were just always here. Yeah, we were always here. Um, felt like home. It, it it did. It felt like like the country and the suites was home. Yeah, yeah that's where and, you were living. Yeah, we were living at the country and the suites. Eleven deep. Oh, uh, 
20 deep. 20 deep. Because you, you had the whole band in there. Yeah. Um, so, like... What's that like? I mean, living at the Country Inn and Suites, getting ready to do some stuff. You're at Paisley Park. Like, do y'all go back and like, hey, let's all hang out and like talk? Or y'all like just like, dude. Was that the High Timber? Is that the name of the bar at the Country Inn and Suites? Oh, at the bar? I don't know the one. It's called the the High Timber. High Timber? Yeah, that's where we were. And uh, (laughs) and it's going down. I mean, it was like, you know, the thing about Chanhassen that's funny is like we made the best of time out of it because there's nothing to do there. Yeah. And so... We would just be there, and and we had the run of that place. Like, right. literally, we could go into the kitchen whenever we wanted to. We could go. Do, do they know your? Do they, they know you're working for Prince? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, oh yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. living there for yeah. And you're not the first. We're not the first. Like, I personally feel like Prince should have owned that building a right? long time he, ago because he, he spent, paid for it. I mean, he paid for Multiple. it ten times over. I mean, like, why do you were, think he doesn't go and like rent himself a compound or build himself so an apartment deal complex? With all of it. I don't think he. I just think he he'd rather just pay for it and have it all taken care of and and then also like insurance i don't know like yeah. you know like it's easier for them to get in trouble than for He's him to get in trouble yeah. to keep paisley park rocking. yeah yeah paisley yeah, park yeah. Is i don't need to deal i don't with. need to worry about any yeah. of that stuff but i do know that eventually he did want to do that right uh whatever that whatever that lot this. is across the street yeah, from yeah. paisley he wanted that for right. that He's, purpose he talked about yeah. years ago like the love for one other school and yeah yeah he was gonna build. He was gonna build a compound with housing and everything. Um, so, but but it becomes its own little compound, right? Yeah. Now yeah. now y'all seeing other people that are just in Chanhassen to be in Chanhassen, are they like, yeah? Like, wait, what the heck? Oh yeah, well, there was that. I mean, they just kind of assume because it's like you know, we don't look like we're supposed to be in Chanhassen, <laughs> so uh, it was like that. But uh, but no, I mean, we had the run of the mill of that place, like, and they knew, and and like literally, I had like storage bins that I would just keep at the country inn yeah and lit- i would go home right just be like can you keep this for a couple weeks yeah i would go home i had a bike i had you know all kinds of stuff and i would go home and then when i was coming back i would just call ahead and tell them to take my box out and put it in my room nice and here's the thing here's what i found out a lot of those times when we would go home they would never check us out right so we would just have that room racking up points for like two weeks really yeah is that just because paisley park wasn't canceling it and people were just like detailed like that paisley park wasn't canceling it and also you never knew when they were going to need us to come back prince would just call and so it was just easier for him to keep it easier to keep it and so that's just like not caring about that money man you know like like, and that's that's kind of money he had like that's what he had this is the cost of doing business and we're gonna be ready to roll so like we just had it like i mean i know for me personally once once we stopped staying there i i remember being in in dc one time and not having a room and just looking up Carlson's and stuff because I was like, I know I got points. Yeah. And then when I actually saw how many points I had, I was like, oh, my God. Like, You're just living the life the next few yeah. years, aren't you? Yeah. We're just doing it. I was just going to hotels just because I could. So <laughs> let know? me ask you this because we haven't gotten into it too much because we talked about Prince bringing you to water the first time you met him. Yeah. You're competing with Phil's kind of crew, but then, like, you're combining the super crews together. Yep. And you're playing, and you're moving from the back riser to the front riser, the side of the stage to the front of the stage. What is your relationship like with Prince like? What's happening between kind of this first time out there to this, let's call it June 2013, July 2013? Yeah. What's how's your relationship with him evolving? What what does that look like on the day to day? How much are you talking to him? What what's that like? I'm still trying to figure him out at that point. Um, 
but I know all of us are kind of competing for his affections, you know, like his 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 acknowledgement. Everybody's trying to get get his attention, um, <clears throat> and you don't really know how to approach him. Um, the the one thing that I learned personally, I can't speak for everybody else, and I like to believe that this is why I was there for the period of time that I was. But the one thing I learned was that he was a Gemini, and so what that meant for me was I just needed to know which version of him was coming in the room. Yeah. Um. What What were the versions? Well, there was Boss, which he didn't like being called Boss. You know, you never call him Boss. Yeah. But that's what I thought in my head. I was like, there's yeah. the Boss, the guy, the businessman. Like He's trying to get something done. The guy here. who's trying to get focused. something done, the focused one. And then there's your friend. Yeah. Um. And so I just had to know which which one by his walk. You know, like if he well, came in the different. room, uh, his the look on his face, the way he walked, uh, his energy was different. So like... If he was, sometimes he'd be agitated because he had something in his head and he wanted to get it out, you know? Yeah, he's working. He was working. Um, sometimes he would fly us in. And like I said, he was very hospitable. So he'd always come and hug you and say hello and thank you for coming and this and that. Other times he didn't. And yeah. so, you know, after a while, once I felt like I was comfortable with him, then I would, I also wanted to make him comfortable with me. And the only way I knew to make him comfortable with me was to joke. And, and you know be the homeboy yeah so like if he came if if i came and he didn't acknowledge me then i would point that out so i'd be like hey man you you gonna fly me all the way out here and you're not gonna hug me <laughs> <laughs> you know like he'd go straight to yeah. it, i need you to play but hey man you gonna you gonna hug me or what like i came all the way out here you just gonna right. tell me to go get on yes sir boss you know whatever he, <laughs> he would start laughing and that's but, how but, i got but, him but he know? appreciated that yeah too. he loved it because because i mean yeah because he's not trying I'm, I'll, tell me if I'm right on this statement. Mm. He's not trying to be rude or inhospitable. No, He's just like, I got something. I'm trying to get moving on this, and yeah. I'm just in this zone. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I, I'm, I'm feeling this kind of way. And he comes up to the stage and goes right to his guitar and starts goes right to the mic. Go like, yeah. yeah, here we go. Yeah. Let's go. But I would always yeah, afterwards, you, I'd you, be like, Hey, man, you, you gonna? Right. Like he start walking. I'm saying off, the other like, other times he comes yeah. up to the stage and he comes to every musician. Says exactly. What up. So you kind of you know. So you got to just be ready. So I mean, and if he did come in ready to work, I never tried to stop him from that. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but later, but, but you would find your I'll space. I'll find my space to, and be like, and in a way, call yeah. him out. Like, call him out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I know you're not about to walk out this room without saying what's up or something. Yeah. yeah you gonna yeah, dap yeah. me up. You're yeah. gonna at least dap yeah. me up. I flew all the way out here. You know, I you need know? a water. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my water? That's you didn't bring no water. That's interesting. So you're figuring him out during yeah. this era so and, and it sounds like i mean there's kind of like the next steps of this thing that continue to go deeper because of that exactly but so, but yeah. you're you're not afraid to you know you're not afraid to say something right like you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be real i'm gonna be real to an extent yeah. so like I was still terrified, it, but, I, and you're going to yeah. use your timing though too. Exactly, like, you're not, not going to be you're not going to be real like at some stupid time. You understand, like set or whatever. I was still terrified because I did watch like even that Chicago show, man. We you know how many sound front front of house people we went through on that. Oh yeah, like that was my first experience at a live show was him firing five. As good as men. this is, it could be over at any. any it could second. be over at any minute. So I was like, man, I got to make him feel comfortable with me, but at the same time, I don't want to make him feel. Like 
I'm getting on his, I'm getting yeah. on him or whatever. Yeah, I got to so make gotta, him feel comfortable, but I can't be an idiot. I can't be an idiot. <laughs> and so, and also, and also it's got to be tasteful because I can't, I can't make it seem like everybody can do that. You know, I yeah. don't want everybody doing it. Cause then he's going to revert back to who was the first one. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I just made it tasteful, but also I wanted him, I think he really also got a kick out of people who weren't yes men. Yeah. So if you gave him a little bit of slack, he appreciated that, especially if he knew where it was coming from. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, he wants to yeah. find somebody who's real with him. He wants peers. Yeah, he wants peers. Yeah. You know, so if he respects you on your instrument, you're a peer. Yeah. So you can you can offer your honest opinion. Um, he may not like it, but you know. And again, I was still learning that. So there were times where, you know, I would overstep, and yeah. I I didn't know like. Um, you know the you know the Pacquiao Marquez fight story? No, no, I don't know if I did. I remember that fight though. We watched it at Paisley. He invited us to watch it, and I was a. Uh, Where are you guys at? In the in MPG Music, music Club. Music Club. Yeah, yeah. we on the big screen. Watched it on the projector, and uh, apparently Prince was a huge Pacquiao fan. Oh. And um, I was not at the time. <laughs> I felt like I mean I respected Pacquiao, but I didn't. Yeah, you weren't like all. Oh. I was like, okay, he's winning, but. I watched everything and I was like, he's just doing the celebrity thing. He's like the mayor of the city and he's doing this, all this publicity stuff. He's not really training for the fight. And Marquez said exactly what he was going to do. He told him the whole strategy. He told the whole strategy before the fight. And I was like, that guy's serious. He's about to knock Pacquiao out. And so um, I put money on the fight. <laughs> Some of my friends. And uh and when he when he did what he did, I just got excited and I jumped up. You know, just in true Yeah. You know, competitive I mean, yeah, for competitive I, I got, won. I got cash on the game. And I'm running I'm running around the MPG music club, like skipping and like going because Pacquiao is planking at this point. He's like flat out on his face. His mom yeah. is coming down the aisles, his wife, you know, everybody's coming down. I remember this thing about his mom. I just remember his mom coming running down the thing like he was dead, mm-hmm. and um and I just started screaming, "Somebody call his mama! <laughs> Somebody call his mama!" And I look and I'm looking for Prince because I knew he was, at this point I knew he was a Pacquiao. I found out, right. so I'm looking for him, and uh, I just see the kitchen door kind of cracked, and the last thing I see as it closes is him shooting me the coldest look. <laughs> And I just kind of stopped in my tracks, and I was like, "Okay, this is it. Yeah. This is this is I'm gonna be fired." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and so I went. We went back. You know, me, Marcus, BK, Lynn, and Joey are all like, "You're about to get fired." So we're all back at the hotel. <laughs> we're all back I at the hotel. Just imagine the just the yeah. chatter drama between you guys. Yeah, it's like the fear is like, like it, see it. You better question, get your bag. The question was not whether I was going to get fired. The question was, did I get all of us fired? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I was like, is it just going to be you or is it going to be all of us? So we're all just kind of waiting around. And yeah. I decided to write an email to the management, to the assistant, and uh, said, hey, tell Prince we really appreciate him and thanks for inviting us to have, you know, have the night over there. We had a good time, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I'm writing this as I'm packing, you know, mm-hmm. and I write the email. And I get an email back like 30, 45 minutes later, and it's like he said – um, he said, thanks for coming. Everything was fun. Um, there will be no more boxing matches at Paisley Park <laughs> from now on. Thank you very much. Dot, 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 dot. And then I got another email right after that that said, see you on Monday. Yeah. And I was like, 
I made it. Okay, he did not. He's not going to fire me. Yeah, because he was pissed no. about the fight. But he, he was, was like, yeah. "Dude, I'm not firing this guy for that." Right, right. But he was mad when he saw me doing that skip and victory lap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never. Yeah, but he that. also said, "You know what, man? This about you know. See, you got some youth around you. You got to have some grace. You got to have some grace. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, you got some youth around you. They're gonna do some stupid stuff. They're gonna skip around Paisley Park, asking where his mama's at. You know, we did like, a I'm lot. Just saying, I'm sure. Stuff. I'm sure I'm after saying, he shot you the dirty look, he turned around, and smiled. He probably did. He and he probably knew. He was like. Like when I wrote that email, they probably saw it right away, and they were like, "Yeah, let's let's make them wait." Yeah, you know, sit, let, let them sit yeah, on that. Let them sit on it. So y'all, we're still in the summer of 2013. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a long interview. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> we just getting started, bro. <laughs> uh, so and then y'all head out to to uh, Montreux. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta talk about that. The very first thing I remember of Mont- Montreux was that the flight was oversold. From here, from Minneapolis, from MSP. Where's it going? We went straight from here. I can't remember exactly where we went from. We might have gone straight there. Uh, yeah, I feel like I had to take a jump. Paris. Maybe, maybe pa- Paris. Paris. Maybe the Gulf. New York. Amsterdam. Usually you go to New York. It might have been. Doesn't matter. I don't think it was another. I don't. But think, but the flight to wherever you were going. Yeah. Was I'm oversold. Guessing, I'm guessing it's a direct flight to either Amsterdam or Paris. Though. I feel like it was the Gaul. So Paris, is that it? Is that the yeah, airport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it was de Gaulle, but it was oversold. And Just so one, you got one the last, whole crew. One other question on, yeah. the, on the oversold. Yeah. Are y'all carrying your instruments with you? Yes. Like, do you, are, and, and when you the carry. The horns are, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And are they rolling onto the plane with you? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm just making, I, I, uh, I, I figured generally, this Because yeah. Charles de Gaulle, I've, I've sent some folks to Charles de Gaulle, and yeah. Charles de Gaulle has a tendency to, like, lose baggage, though. So. Yeah. Okay, well, usually, well, those <laughs> instruments usually carry anyways on yeah. any yeah. flight, right? Yeah. 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 We, we generally don't don't check our Yeah, horns. y'all. Like, so, that's but, like but I'm glad grip. you said something. <laughs> so, now, now I'm certain it was de Gaulle. So, um, so the flight's oversold, and half of us are not allowed to get on the flight. Oh. Right? And so they're telling us they're going to reroute us on another flight. And I'm on the phone because I'm the only one outside in the administration side. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one left as the horn liaison, right? I guess I was counted as on the ground administration because everybody yep. else in the administration was on the plane. Yep. So they told me as they were, as the plane is pulling off, uh, management said, call the, the travel agent. Um, his name's escaping me right now, but, uh, he was Prince's travel agent for forever, for a long time. Um, his name's on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it, but anyway, <laughs> I call him. And I'm I'm at the desk, at the help desk, talking to this lady, and she's telling me there's nothing we can do. You know, the plane, the doors have already shut. The plane's already pulling out. You're going to have to get on the next flight. And I'm like, lady, you don't understand. If we don't get on this flight, we're not going to make it with the rest of the band, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, even if I wanted to, I can't help you. And so he's literally like, just put her on the phone. And I was like, she's telling me. He's like, just give her the phone. So I said, okay. I said, he wants to talk to you. And she's like, who is this? I said, it's our travel agent. I hand her the phone. And she's got this look on her face of, you know, like, I'm going to tell him the same thing I told you kind of look. And she's like, kind of, I got her eyebrows up. And you're like, all right. right. You know, and she's talking and she goes, yes, sir. I, I've told, okay. Yeah, I'll try that. 
I mean, but it, it's not going to, okay, I'll try it, but it's not going to. And she starts typing, and I saw the change in her face as she starts typing. She's like, uh-huh, okay, okay, I see it, yes, okay, I'm doing it, yes, sir, uh-huh. And then she finishes, and she hands me back the phone, and he says, okay, so just call me if you have any more problems. And he hangs up. What the heck did and this guy do? And she says, she literally says, we're bringing the plane back. And they took people off the plane. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. And she said, she said, who are you? And I said, it's not me. It's not me. It's another guy. But mm-hmm. You probably should know who it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I just work for this other guy. And she goes, <laughs> I mean, oh. And they literally pulled people off the plane and put us on. And oh, I'd never so you seen jacked that. up some people. Jacked up some people. <laughs> but I had never yeah. seen that before. That's the power that they had, man. And it's then so, we get to Montreux. We get to Montreux. And I lost my luggage. Yeah. Charles Gale for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, is Prince on the flight with you? No. No. I think he flew private. Okay. So, y'all are like, the representation though, the yeah. whole band is on the flight with you though. At this time, yeah. And that was the other cool thing about the Prince gig that I had never experienced before. At that time, we were told that we were a representation, a direct representation of him when it came to travel. So there was a car service that came and picked me up from my house to take me to the airport. Then I got to the airport, first class flight. And then I got to wherever we were going. There was a car service to come pick me up and take me or the group of us, whoever landed at that time. We all had a car service or a limo service or whatever that would pick us up and take us. And at all times we had to be dressed, ready, show ready, you know, from the time we leave your house. Because you're a representation of New Power Generation in France. So, I mean. Sounds like Jellybean Johnson. Yeah. 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 So the same story that Jellybean Johnson told us. That's what we were told. Now, later, <laughs> it changed. Um, right. To where only Third Eye Girl was getting that treatment. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's when I started wearing jeans and Jordans again. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, y'all not giving me first class flights. And I'm obviously not a representation of Prince anymore. So. I'm a fly comfortable. But 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 for that show, for you're that a representation show, of Prince. Yeah. And 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 it is interesting because I was looking up the dates because that was the the you DJ'd the event beforehand. So I was like, well, when did they pay, play Montreal? Like you don't have a lot of window here mm. to like fly in, get into Montreal. But like you can't yeah. be missing no flight. Exactly. So it was real tight. And um, what do you think that dude says? You have any idea? I just want to know. <clears throat> I think the, he told the travel her, agent says. Yeah, I, I think want to know. I mean, nobody else does, but I do. I want to know what that guy says to get the plane to turn his around. His name is Nelson. He's, he's, a, he's a Nelson too, I think. Is it Mike Nelson? I don't know. I can't remember, but I think he just gave her some codes to put in. And those are like the special codes. And those are the special codes, and she didn't even know what they were. And yeah. it just, man, I could, I wouldn't like if somebody told me that story, I'd be like, "You lying? That didn't happen. You're exaggerating." I saw it, and I'm like, "Yeah." What, and to see the people get off the plane. Oh man, those people got to be hot. <laughs> oh, they were heated, man. And I'm trying not to make eye contact. <laughs> yeah, of course you're not. Because it's like I don't want you to be mad at me. Yeah, right. I'm just like yeah. So it was crazy, but I have no idea what he said. I, I still I would love to know what those codes were, but oh, I'm I I didn't know those types of codes existed. I didn't either. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. I didn't but know that, that was I, mean, I didn't know that was legal. But okay, well, you know. I mean, once the plane is gone, you can't bring it back. Yeah. But they did. But, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's about 
how much money he probably spent over the years and shoot maybe yeah. those codes cost money too right like right. you do this like yeah it's crazy so y'all y'all get to montreux tell me about because it's two gigs right yeah um and now did you know what you were getting into in terms three nights. of like this it was three, three nights. nights yeah three, three nights, nights. Mm-hmm. did you know what you're getting into in terms of this festival and like what was like not like, really okay not really we i mean we didn't we really didn't care at this point we were a machine yeah so it was like it's like it didn't matter whether we were at paisley rehearsing or at Montreux, it was it was going to be the same energy. Yeah, you're just um, doing it because also at Paisley, the thing about it is at Paisley, we might be rehearsing. This is another reason why we always had to be show ready, because we might be rehearsing, and then all of a sudden you'd see him bring in like a little group of people, and they'd sit in the back, yeah, just far enough away where you couldn't really see them. You just saw their figures, and then they would they would watch like a little bit of rehearsal, and then go. And then later on, he'd be like, yeah, that was the uh, Sheik of Dubai. And they were just stopping through Minneapolis, so they came to hang out. You know, and they they might want to hire us for their party later. Yeah. You know, so every time we did this, it was high energy. It was the full performance. Yeah. So it didn't matter whether we were at Paisley or we were at Montreux or we You're were at Chicago. You're bringing the A game. It was going to be that A game. Was yeah. that your first time traveling out of the country to play no. a show? No. Or had you done that with Anthony? I had done it with... Lionel Richie. Oh, okay. And I had done it. Um, I had I had traveled. I can't remember all the places I had traveled, but I that was my first time going anywhere that was like not. Well, no, I can't say that because I with with Lionel I went to uh, Abu Dhabi, and then with other artists I had been like to the Caribbean and yeah, to right, right. random places. But yeah, that was my first time going to Switzerland or anywhere like that. Yeah. Right. But this, I mean, this gig is massive. Yeah. I mean, this, this, the, the, the stage, the people, the energy. Mm-hmm. It was, how many people are at that gig? Huh? I have I no, just, I just, I just see the crowd in the video. It was just a sea of people. It's crazy. It was a yeah. sea of people. That's all I remember. And, uh, for me, the biggest part of it for me was Quincy Jones was there. That's that's really? all I cared about. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that at all. Quincy was there. I don't know if he was at the show. Okay, but, but he, he was just he was there. We saw him. Yeah, and he was at like one of the after party things. And yeah. what's the city like? Montreux. Yeah. Okay, so here's the bad thing about me. I'm not a tourist. I don't go anywhere. He yeah, also he, doesn't like people. I don't like people. I'm just working. I'm <laughs> yeah. here to work. I'm an introvert outside yeah. of outside of showtime, and so. Um, I can't tell you tell you this. Um, that experience for me, I went down to the restaurant because we stayed in that castle right there next to where the show is, where the concerts are. Mm-hmm. There's like a castle that they converted into a hotel, um, and that's where we stayed. I think that's where Prince and Prince. That's where he castle. stays every time. <laughs> yeah, that's where he stays every time he goes there. Um, the things that I did notice about Montreux, the architecture was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I didn't leave. I didn't leave the area that we were in. Yeah, right. but the architecture, getting there, and all that, everything was beautiful. Um, the food, eh, the food was okay. I'm I'm from the south, so I need a little seasoning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people don't wear deodorant. Oh, um, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you know, even the servers, I I couldn't eat half the time because like server would walk by and it'd be like ripe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the water. Mm-hmm. The water is the water in Montreux is what actually changed my life. Well, tell um, me how. So I've always been that kid that would like laugh at people who couldn't drink tap water. 
you know, I grew up drinking out of the hose. Right. Mm-hmm. From the South. You know, mm-hmm. we stay, you know, you go yeah. outside. Yeah. You stay outside all day. You yep. drink from yep. the hose, you know. Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, your water going to have a little bit of an orange tint to it. Mm-hmm. That's just <laughs> extra flavor, you know. So I was always that kid just like see these people with their finger up drinking bottled water and Voss and all this other stuff. Right. And uh, the water in Switzerland, in Montreux in particular, uh, is so clean and so clear. It's like the best, it's some of the best water, like, the 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 water like in the pipes is just so right. crisp and clean. It's the best water you've ever you've ever tasted. And so once I had that water, and I came home, I couldn't drink my tap water. <laughs> <laughs> like the lake, where's that Lake Geneva uh, right there? Is that yeah, Geneva? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, whatever that lake is, that's right there. We saw you could look at it, and I think Ida actually went swimming in it. Ida and a few people went out and got in it. You can see clear to the bottom of that the water is so clear yeah and i just remember like even going in the bathroom and drinking out of the sink in the bathroom and i was like this is the best water <laughs> i've ever had in my life <laughs> so yeah that's that's what i remember about about switzerland about montreal was the water it was just incredible what do you remember about the gig gig i remember the sea of people i remember doing extra lovable and busting my ass i fell oh um <laughs> the prince left yeah, <laughs> he 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 laughed a little bit, but then he I think he was afraid because I, I it was a pretty nasty fall. On extra lovable, we do choreography. Me, Marcus, and BK. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, and there's a part where I'm supposed to do a kick flip and bounce back up. So I'm supposed to pass out from all the exhaustion. Right. And they're trying to revive me. And then in, at the end of the song, and the yeah, like that, I'm supposed to come back up. Well, again, remember they lost my luggage. Yeah. So they had to buy me a suit. Mm. And, you know, everybody in Europe is taller than me. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't get anybody to tailor the suit in time. So I just rolled the <laughs> pants up and they were baggy oh. and loose. And so when I did the kickflip and came back up, the pants got caught under my under my shoe. And my pants were starting to come down because <laughs> they were loose, too. So I was like, either I can cop a squat. Mm-hmm. Or I can show everybody in this audience my goods. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't have any on any underwear because <laughs> didn't have any luggage. Yeah, and there ain't no targets. Ain't no target, right? So I'm I mean, like, you can't even find a Walmart, you right? Know, like yeah, So I'm either gonna, I'm either gonna let everybody see what's going on. Or I'm gonna kick my feet out and fall to the ground. Right. Right. So I kicked my feet out and I fell to the ground, mm. and uh, <laughs> and I fell directly on my tailbone. So Ouch. it was Those like the worst. it was bad, um, oh. and I felt it. But what night was this? Was this night two? Okay, so you okay. got through the first night at least. No, no, no. This is night one. This okay. is night one. So you got to live with this pain. I got to live with it. So it's night one because we didn't do we didn't do extra lovable after that. We never did okay. extra lovable again. Really? We never did it again. Bad, after that. bad, bad mojo on that yeah. song though. Yeah, we never did it. Um, Prince was actually really concerned. He asked me if I was okay. Um, I said, yeah. I said, I'm cool. I said, as long as I got my pants, I'm good. I yeah. can do it again. And literally at like sound check the next day, I'm like doing the kickflip over and over again, just showing him like, yeah, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And he just, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so, uh, so yeah. We <laughs> he like traumatized it. him. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. This is my part. Yeah. Like, yeah right. I was like, man, I got this. That's my special part, man. <laughs> this is me. It's like, it's your fault, man. Y'all bought me these big ass pants. <laughs> Uh, but but no, you know we had a good. You laugh can stop about a it. plane, but you can't get a tailor. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Y'all bought me this baggy ass suit. 
Y'all, y'all um, play uh, y'all play Big City live there. Yeah. Now, are you writing that at the time? Because like, because I, I mean, I I, I didn't mm-hmm. realize it yeah. until that came out like two years later uh-huh. that y'all had played it. You know, two years earlier. Yeah. So we were Phil Lasseter. That's okay. Phil. Um, we were writing. Phil did the majority of the of the arranging, um, but sometimes it would get spread out because we had so much stuff. So Roy Ag, who was the trombone player on Phil's side, he did a lot of it too. BK did some of it. Uh, Sylvester Onyejaka, our other Barry Sax player, he did some of it. I did some of it. Marcus did some of it. Um, so it was getting spread around. But Phil Phil Lasseter was like the real spearhead behind a lot of the arranging, like the real intricate arranging stuff. Yep. So Big City was like, that's a Phil project. Um, and the funny thing is, I can't remember exactly what song it is, but that, that solely that we do in Big City, mm-hmm. it's actually from another song. Really? And we just interchanged them. Because Prince was like, I like the solely from this, but I want to put it in this. Okay. And he was good for that. Yeah. So, and on the spot too, like like literally at rehearsal, he's like, all right, let's play it. It's like it's a different key, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> like this is a different song completely. We gotta, we gotta let us give us, give us two hours, you know. Uh, Figure so, out the transition. Right. So, um, so yeah, that was Phil. Um, and Big City was like that became like a legendary, solely like that that whole thing we do on there is just so many things going on and layering on each other. That was crazy. And even I was like, is this gonna become like? Earth, Wind, and Fire, Legendary. You right. know, yeah, I mean, right. it should have though. It should have. It should have yeah. though, because yeah. I remember that that was my favorite track on. Was it the first uh, Phase Two? Phase Two is on Phase Two. Phase Two. I, I get confused and weird. Yeah, I was like, dude, this thing is just. Yeah, man. This. Okay. And then I would just like repeat it, and I'd be like, dude, why do I like this so much? <laughs> first of all, because it's funky. Like mm-hmm. it just feels good. And it, it does. I think that is actually that is yeah. actually why. Yeah, right there. It just I feels mean, good. Yeah, man. and 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 it does emulate that whole that energy of think about your first real sense of independence. Mm-hmm. And that's what I when I hear Big City, that's what I'm thinking about. Is like my first real sense of I'm on my own. I live on my own. I don't got to answer to nobody. And I'm I'm actually out here doing it. And I'm adult, and I just feel good. And that's that just that big powerful feeling yeah. of it's big it's my world yeah yeah the big city has got a big fucking sound yeah like, it's just it's gonna hit you yeah did you guys arrange that for recording at paisley or were you playing it first we were playing it playing it and then you went in and recorded it yeah, how- we we were playing it for a bit we actually recorded it super early yeah, all that stuff from Hit and Run Phase Two was recorded super early. Yeah, that's where I was going yeah. with this Montreux kind of bit. Is like that happening kind of in that 2013 mark? Because it's two years later that it comes out. No, we recorded all of that stuff in 2012. All right, so it's, it takes years for it to. Man, I, my dates are probably off on some of the releases, me, but it takes it takes a minute. It takes for a, a minute, day. and yeah. that's one of the things. Oh man, there's so many different areas we can go to with just the whole recording aspect. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I would be frustrated about with Prince, because I didn't know any better, mm-hmm. um, was we had all this music that we had recorded, all this dope stuff like that. Yep. And he wasn't putting it out. So we would play it at shows, but it wasn't coming out. Instead, he released Plectrum Electrum. Yep. Artificial Age. Yep. Hit and Run Phase One. All this other stuff. 
Yeah. In 2012, when we were recording this stuff, I remember a whole bunch of suits coming in. This is the thing people always get really weird about, but I remember a whole bunch of suits coming in and watching us record, right? And uh, and I remember him like having conversations with them in front of us and saying stuff like, this is the direction I'm going in, and if we can come to an agreement, this is what I'll bring to the table for your company, and this is what we can do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. That was Warner Brothers. Oh. So I remember that. Because I just thought it was weird. I was like, who are these suits? Like, literally, it was like something off TV. Like, right. 12, 12 suits walking behind them and sitting in the control booth and watching. And they were all super excited. They were like, this mm-hmm. is amazing. This is the greatest thing you've ever done. You know, giving them all these credit and stuff. And, and I was like, cool, uh, but You're who? back, baby. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Also trying to sign them, though. Yeah, yeah I was trying to, to get them. that money. And so I'm like, who are these people? And then, you know, of course, the deal got signed. Yep. And I was like, oh. Okay, cool. So now the music's gonna come out. Still didn't come out, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so I'm I'm mad because I'm like, you just want this to hit the streets. Come on, man! Like this is this is part of your investment. It's part of my your, investment. Convincing yeah. your crew that we're going out to Paisley <laughs> yeah. is like, dude, we gonna we gonna be yeah. immortalized. So in like, this. like it's got it's got it's got it's got to get I on. It's got to be told, on wax. I literally told my horn players. This is the motivating thing. I always told my horn players. It's like once we're in, we become immortal through him. So that book you showed me, right. our names are in that book. Yeah, forever. Forever. Yeah. Like we're on record as being the horns for Prince, like Maceo and Cootie and then were for, for James Brown. You know, right. like right. that's, we're in history now. Yeah. That's what we get out of it. And from now on, I don't care who you go to, your resume says, says for Prince. you were yeah, with you Prince. Did this. You can get any gig you want from here on out. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted. And so for me- Come on, let's move this. It's like, let's what's move, going on? Let's move like, this boat faster. Why are you playing with us like this? And then, <laughs> and then everything you know went down. And you know, I, I hate to skip ahead, but later on, after Hit and Run, Phase Run, Plectrum, Electrum, Artificial Age, all that stuff came out, and it was like none of the music that 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 he showed them was on those records. Really, none of it. And and then, you know, he had met his agreement with that deal and then he released hit and run phase two yep under paisley park records yep I it wasn't released now. under warner brothers right and hit and run phase two was all the horn heavy stuff that mm-hmm. he had promised them yeah so it was like <laughs> come on man oh you dirty bastard that's what you were doing so he literally did the deal with them bait and switch it was a bait and switch and that made me respect him even more. <laughs> <laughs> you mad, but like, like game represent game. I was like, game. game blouses. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow, it was a bait and switch. Like, literally, all the music that you showed them and you got them excited about and convinced them to do the deal for, you didn't give them. And I was just like, man, that's brilliant. Prince doing <laughs> Prince. Prince doing Prince. Did you ever, when you were like, you guys were recording that? stuff mm-hmm. was he there or was it more or less he was there he was he was the one hitting the button in, nice. in the control he room. was in the control room you in yeah. studio a we were in studio a okay so the horns you can't be, fit all them people in studio b yeah you can't well, well you, you, can. could. you could you could you can but like literally if you've been in studio a the horns would literally all be in you know the little sliding door room where the piano is yep we'd be in there okay 
and uh and we just were packing you deep just pack us in there yeah was everybody getting just on a technical side yeah everybody mic'd up everybody or? on their own mic yeah yep. nice. okay yeah super it was cool. interesting i love it so speak to me i mean how do you kind of this immortalized right this mm. is philosophical kind of you know question in terms of where does prince's music go you know, like you're 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 convincing your crew yeah. that hey, this is gonna get us to the next level. We're gonna get our names. We're gonna be in the book. We're gonna be on the record. That's mm-hmm. gonna get us the gigs. You know, but where does it go? Like you look out, you know, fifty years, a hundred years, two hundred. What 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 happens to Prince's music? What do you think happens? Man, um, if it's handled correctly, I think that. Every major American music, not even just, I can't say American music, every major artist, if if Prince's music is handled correctly, every major artist for the next, I don't even know how long, will be influenced by Prince. Why? Because of the sheer greatness of what Prince's music represented and what st- what it still represents. If you look at, they're okay i work with kids now and i work with this thing called the purple playground you guys yeah yeah, we know we know we we interviewed heidi yeah and so shout out to heidi yeah shout Shout out out to heidi and willie purple playground Playground. like (laughs) these kids man what amazes me it's it's similar to what we see with michael you know what amazes me is when i see the the light the spark that happens when they hear Prince music for the first time or when they hear a specific song for the first time yeah. or when they think they know Prince music and then they hear something completely different from what they know and it just turns their whole world upside down in a good way and then it sparks even more motivation mm-hmm. in them. It makes them want to go get the pen and start writing. That is why I think it will inspire for generations. Is yeah. Because, okay, let's say for example... Maybe there's a kid out there who's never heard of Prince, right? But they've seen Live. Or they've seen Mono Neon. Or they've seen me. Or they've seen Marcus. And there's something about what they see in us that they love. And yeah, it's us. But there's some Prince in there. Therefore, they're inspired by Prince too. And they don't even know it. You know? So that's that's what I see it as. If it's handled correctly. Yeah. Then it'll be it'll be an inspiration for generations. Um, I just hope that it can be a direct inspiration and not a, such an indirect inspiration. Yeah, me, you know? meaning people can connect to the real deal. People can, yeah, I want people to connect with the real deal. Uh, I had a great teacher one time ask me, as a sax player, who do you want to sound like? And then the follow up question was, what are you gonna do to sound like that? Yeah. And so when he asked me who I wanted to sound like, I said I want to sound like. I want to sound like Kirk Whalum and I want to sound like Gerald Albright and I want to sound like uh, Dave Koz and Kenny G, you know, because that's who I was listening to at the time. Yeah. And he said, okay, cool. Well, what are you going to do to sound like them? And I was like, I'm going to listen to Kirk Whalum and Gerald Albright and Dave Koz and Kenny G. And he said, that's cool, but why not find out who they were listening to? Yeah. So if you want to sound like Dave Koz, why don't you listen to Sanborn? Mm-hmm. And if you want to sound like 
Sanborn, why don't you listen to Rousseau or whoever he was listening to? If you want to sound like Gerald, why don't you listen to this person? You know, Charlie Parker or whatever. And so it really opened my mind up to, well, gee, why don't I do that? You know, like instead of just being a carbon copy of, yeah, which is what we said, we don't Prince. We don't want no carbon. Prince copy, don't right? want no carbon. We don't copies. want no carbon yeah. copy. He did. He was not flattered by imitation. He was yeah. flattered by, by evolution. Yeah. And so, that's what I feel like. You know, if we listen to Prince, if kids are listening to Prince, that's going to lead them to even more stuff because Prince was inspired by people too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yep. So they're gonna they're gonna get that musicology. They're right? gonna get like, that like, musicology. Like we we gonna we gonna bring you deep. Yeah. In terms of the catalog and the connections and the interconnections and yeah, and the music industry right now, well, always the music industry is always deteriorating. And so it's really important that we do have certain pillars. Yeah. And we're losing most of them. I mean, like, who do we got left? You know, like, we got a handful mm-hmm. of, like, just iconic artists. Uh, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is Stevie Wonder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, who's the next Stevie Wonder? There's not going to be one. We mm-hmm. don't have any board. We, we, there's not going to be another Prince. There's not going to be another Michael. There's not going to be another Whitney. You know, these are icons that we're losing, and there's no, you know, no disrespect to Beyonce. Beyonce's doing it, but she ain't no comparison to Michael, Prince, Whitney, Stevie. You know what I'm saying? I just saw her concert. It was good. It was good. I know it was. I know it was. I mean, but when you have. There's a lot of costume changes. Hey, look, that's a production. (laughs) Yeah. But what you're saying saying is, is really about artistry it's artistry and the depth of that artistry yeah and and how like it's like this kind of deeper level of what it's, what deep, it means. it's deeper than just a a, yeah. a song that just blows up on tiktok yes it's put, more than that put it like this let's take beyonce for example right and compare her to prince she's been to our show yeah <laughs> like right um and again, no disrespect to Beyonce. Beyonce, if you ever need a horn section, holler at me. Um, but she like, should get one. She should. She should get eleven. Had, piece. If she yeah. wants to be bold, she should get eleven piece one. She should. Um, she had one at Coachella. She had some horns. Uh, it was, she had it some was horns cool. at this last. She did. Show? Yeah. Great. She had a band. It was so the band was slamming. The band's yeah. always kill, her band's always killing. Yeah, yeah. But but like here's the thing. She's top level. She is. She's amazing, and she's and from coming from where she came from and to where she is now as a singer, man. I mean, she was always good, but wow, she's. Yeah. But I say all this to say, if you take Beyonce or Taylor Swift or I don't know anybody, uh, and you take away the lights, and you take away yeah the pyro, and you take away the effects and the production and the background dancers and all this stuff, let's go back to uh, forty-five minute. Uh, let's go back to that forty-five minute set. piano set, right? What's uh what's his name? What's the other what's the uh the the guitar guy? Uh Harry Styles? No, 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 no. He's British though, isn't he? Redhead. Ed, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran is the only one I can think of right now that could do something like that. Yeah. And it still don't compare to Prince. You know what I'm saying? Like so so at the end of the day, the artistry has to be there. So mm-hmm. a lot of these a lot of these megastars that we are idolizing right now, don't get me wrong, they're great, but they can't do that. Yeah. And and so, what are our kids going to take from that? Mm-hmm. They're going to say, "Well, I need the production. I need the TikTok. I need oh yeah, this. which is I need that." Which is why we got to introduce them to some Prince music in 
Man. see how far the rabbit hole goes in terms of and I'll never the get artistry. tired. Of it. I'll the, never and, get tired of how it blows the, their mind every now, time. Now, let me ask you this: yeah. in terms of hey, you grew up, you kind of had some Prince music in your house. Your grandma was into Prince music, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a come back to him in in terms of musicology and in that bit, and then yeah. I go work for him. Like, how much of a Prince fan are you in terms of the catalog and like the depth of the rabbit hole? Another thing that I find super amazing about Prince is I'm constantly learning. <laughs> so it was like people expect because I was in the band, people expect me to just be a you know print, everything. A Prince catalog. Yeah, like got, I know yeah. all I know where everything yeah. was, you know. No, I'm constantly hearing new stuff. I'm constantly learning new stuff. I'm constantly hearing new stories. I'm constantly seeing things or finding out about stuff. You know, um I I played uh one time I played with a a Michael Jackson tribute band. Hmm. And the artist who was playing Michael just, you know, he wanted to have a great conversation. So he started picking my brain about Prince and Michael. And in my time playing with Prince, we would pay homage to Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because that was post-Michael's death. It didn't yeah. happen before that, though. I didn't know that. Though. So <laughs> so my understanding was, so he would be like, so the guy would ask me, like, why do you think Prince hated Michael so much? And I'd be like, what are you talking about? He loved Mike. And he'd be like, no, he didn't. And, I, and we literally had a debate right. where I was like, I'm telling you, man, we play we play yeah. Mike's stuff. Yeah. And right. then he told me the story about, you know, the stuff that would happen between Mike and Prince. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And then I went back and looked and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. You yeah, know? they were kind so, of frenemies. Yeah. Because they, they had some, Michael would send tapes mm-hmm. yeah, to Yeah, send them VHS tapes. Uh, but, but of like Sly Stone stuff. And oh, like, yeah. Rec- like, cause, you know, like this back in the VHS era. Mm-hmm. So the like, tapes would come. And these people will talk about like stop and rehearsal to be like, oh, this tape came from Michael Jackson. And then they'd, you know, put it in and just be like, you know, 1960s music, you know, and this was pre YouTube, you know? So like they're friends, but then, you know, 3121. That's that's Mike saying, yeah, thanks, but we like the original. Yeah. That's messed up. (laughs) But But then, you know, 3121 in Vegas. Yeah. Mike walks out of the show saying Prince is such a meanie. Yeah. Because Prince kind of like hard bases him in the face and like, why is Prince such a meanie? (laughs) Right. Why is he a meanie? I didn't do anything to him. Right. So, well, then there's also the interview with Chris Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were supposed to be. You've seen that, right? Tell about the uh, one about the video? When he talks about bad. bad. Yeah, when you know, he talks about bad. supposed to do bad together. Yeah. Yeah. Your butt is mine? Yeah. 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 Who's I mean, saying, who's yeah. saying that to Not whom? me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not me. But yeah, I mean, that's so I'm, I'm constantly learning. Uh, and I think I always will. Like, yeah. It's deep. It's deep, man. There's so, a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. And so that I think that's also what makes Prince so amazing and as a fan that's what makes me so constantly interested in it it's like yeah, wow and then i can and then as a part of the band now i can i can go back into my own experiences and, and like revisit them and be like oh so that's why it was like this yeah or that's yeah. Why so, this so this. it contextualizes it a bit yeah. so you and, and, and in the moment how could you have known exactly because you're, you're in this rich deep history of yeah. all this stuff that has happened and transpired before you and yeah. now you just kind of you're just jumping in yeah that's so interesting it's, so it's a great way to be man yeah it's kind of fun though <laughs> so you know you move forward from Montreux, you keep you keep playing gigs i'm guessing and yep. then you know the spot in time that i that i wanted to make sure we we paused on was mm-hmm. arsenio oh yeah yeah, because now we just bring it from hey y'all are on the secondary riser 
I mean, even before that, you didn't even get to Paisley Park. And then oh, you're yeah. on the side riser for the United. Then you're on the front for yeah. the City Winery. And you're part of the big show in terms of Montreux. Yeah. And then, I mean, now Arsenio comes back. Mm-hmm. That was his first show? It nah. was It was, it was right in terms of hey, Prince. This is early on in this yeah. Arsenio gig. You yeah. know, and he didn't last very yeah. long this next time. Yeah. But I'm saying y'all I remember come. remember if it was for sure or not. And this is, this is interesting because it ties back to what we were just talking about. Yeah. Y'all don't come on. I can't remember the full set. But, yeah. but, 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 but you come on and you play a song from what? 1982, 1983? Mutiny? Mutiny. Yeah. I mean. It, wasn't that for, uh, for the family? Band that was for the family. Yeah. Shout out to the family. Yeah. Uh, Jellybean Johnson. Yeah. Um. Paul Peterson. Paul Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, I mean, to me, it's an interesting connection point because y'all come on and y'all bring Mutiny back. Yeah. And y'all do it in your way. And it's very, I mean, y'all are very much from the horn perspective Mm -hmm. central. Yeah, we're the feature. To the production. So talk, talk to me about that gig. So that was a really special time, too. Um, That was another time where I thought we were going to get fired. (laughs) because <laughs> um, Marcus and BK and I were always up to some shenanigans and just you know a side note so we you guys we were like, there dad's gonna catch us exactly exactly <laughs> so you know we were just kind of wandering around because we were just on the lot all day yeah right. that day just um, hanging just hanging and we found our way to the uh, Marcus and BK and I were always kind of in something and uh, as a matter of fact we almost did we actually we filmed a pilot for a reality show that Prince was producing that was centered around our shenanigans. Which would have been so cool. It would have been cool. It's called Paisley Park University. Where, where's that Where's that footage? Uh, it's in the, out there. I'll, I'll find it. I'll send you some of it. Yeah, well, I but want to see some of it. Yeah, we, we uh, got the pilot. The, the issue with it, I think, was he wasn't in it. Prince was not in yeah, any yeah. of the footage. So, but, uh, but anyway, one of the episodes that would have been great was this, what happened. And so <laughs> we were just wandering around. Do you know this story? I, no, I don't think we, so. We were wandering around the lot, and we ended up in the makeup and hair area, the the room, and uh, where the the salon where they do everybody's hair and makeup. And they had, I think they had Kid and Play on the week before us as a guest. <laughs> and so a part of the stick for Kid and Play and them coming on is they had the high box oh, hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. they had three of them. One was for Kid, one was for Play, and one was for Arsenio. And so we were like, "Oh snap! They have the you know blah blah." And let's the, go. Ola, somebody told ola, us, yeah. Ola, ola. And one of the hairdressers said, "You can put it on." <laughs> Big mistake. Should have never told us we could put them on. <laughs> so we put them on, and we were just kind of going around the studio in these, in these hairdos. That's amazing. Just being goofy, and we were going down the hall, and here comes Arsenio, in his robe, and his you know slippers and stuff, and he sees us. Yeah. And he's pissed. Because one of those hair pieces is his, uh, you know, and he's, uh, I think he's looking at it like, who told you? He didn't yeah, say anything, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but he's got that look. And we immediately know. We're like, okay, he's going to tell. We're, we're in trouble. And uh, Kirk, <laughs> Kirk comes and finds us and says, uh, Prince needs to see you three. <laughs> you know, and we're like, all right. And this going is pre, the this is before the show. This is before the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to the principal's So we office. go down the hall <laughs> and we see, we see Prince, we see Arsenio and Arsenio is standing there like you know the you know the tattletale right and he's standing there with his arms folded and the prince kind of looks at us and kind of scolds us and says you know um where did you get those and we're like the the hair and makeup 
<laughs> who told you you could put them on? Well, they they told us. Well, why did you think that was okay? You know, he's talking to us like that, right. and yes. we're kind of like, because we just thought. Yeah, they, they said it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> and they're cool. They're yeah. kid and play. They're and big. Like, they're look. boxy. They're, so they're we, funny. fucking funny. We start dude. trying to do the dances and stuff and try to make him laugh, and he's not laughing. And so we're like, oh, shit, you know? And even Kirk is like stern-faced. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. And uh, and so he goes, you need to put him back, you know? And so we're like, Are okay. you wearing them at this point? We're wearing them. <laughs> oh. We've been wearing them the whole time. We've been going around the, the studio uh, with them on. I thought it's you not, had taken them off already. Yeah, no, oh, no. You're just like no, sitting we still there. got them on. And so as oh. Arsenio walks away, because Arsenio kind of walks away with that look on his face like, yeah. yeah. You know, and he walks away. And as we're about to turn and leave, I see Prince crack. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, we're good. He's just like. <laughs> he just does, you know, he does his he goofy does his face, face. Yeah. And, yeah. and I was like okay we're, we're good we're good and we go take him and put him back and right. everything's cool but but also with that show so with, with Mutiny in particular um, it was one of the first times where I had a, a solo that was like a feature feature usually the solos are randomly called yeah yep. Mutiny was you, my song you knew this was yeah this Mutiny was, was my was song you, you knew you were soloing that night yeah Mutiny on Mutiny, TV on the Arsenio Hall show yeah and Mutiny my, all and, my uh, friends and family are watching exactly <laughs> Mutiny and extra and not not extra lovable um, uh, people pleaser Andy Allo. Yep, that yep. was my song too. If Maceo wasn't there, so mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so Mutiny when when I got the solo at Paisley, I did what most sax players would do, and I just tried to go balls to the wall, just funk, hardcore funk, right, just fast and furious. And uh, Prince stopped me and he was like, "You're doing too much," you know. And I'm like, "Gotta well, slow you this thing down." Huh? Yeah, I'm like, "What do you want me to do?" And he's like. You need to have you need to learn to have an uh an, a conversation with your audience. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? And he says, Well, you need to talk to the audience and then let them respond. And I was like, How do you let your audience respond? He's like, So you're basically gonna say, Hi, my name's Adrian. And when you say hi, my name's Adrian, you don't keep talking. You don't you're not like Hi, my name's Adrian. Hey, what are you doing? Blah 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 and you keep talking. He's like, right. You say hi, my name's Adrian, let them say, Nice to meet you, Adrian. Yeah. Yep, and then yep. you say something else. You ask them a question and let them answer. It's like talking to a girl. And so I'm like, okay. So he's like, as long as you have a conversation, I won't stop you. That's what he said. And so I was like, okay. So fast forward to the show. And I start taking this solo. And you can see it in my face. I'm like, play the solo. Take a break. Play the solo. Give some space. Play the solo. I'm very careful about that. And I knew I was only supposed to take like one chorus, right? All right. But he told me he had I'm told not taking me taking it back. Yeah. What? Well, also, what he had told me that day is, um, he said, if as long as you do what I told you, I'm not gonna stop you. So you go until you're ready to. You what know? do you think that is? Is that him? Is that him putting you there? Yeah, I think he was just trying to empower me a little bit, and you know, but I didn't expect it to go like that. I thought he was gonna give me like at tops. Two choruses, two two rounds. How many does it right. end up being? <laughs> I can't really even tell you. All I, mean, I know, we gotta go. I gotta go rewatch. You gotta go it watch it. All I know is I looked up for him, and he was he's going out to our audience to grab some lady to dance with. Yep. 
and eventually if you watch it it's funny because eventually i just decided to stop because i was like we're on like, tv yeah 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 like is, is it, why, 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 are we still yeah. on the air we're on the air so like i know it's a limited amount of time so i'm gonna i'm gonna I go mean, the back the song's long it's long you know I mean, yeah. they, it, the song the song keeps going but mm-hmm. the um I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he's putting you out there to put you out there. I think you, so too. You know what I mean? Like, 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 just to say that's what it it's did. Not, it's no longer about me yeah. as Prince. This is like yeah. I'm doing something new, and I'm giving some younger folks a center stage, and this is what real music is about. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't pre-think that at all. Like, yeah, like no, that, that's, that, that's in the moment. Just me knowing Prince. That's and what you I felt talking too. about it. Like, he's that, putting yeah. you there. That's what I felt. And you know, the <clears> funny thing about it is, as a as a as a sax player. And you think about like things you want to be remembered for, or iconic solos and things like that. Um, that solo for me was one of the most simplified things. Like there's nothing, there's nothing intricate or, or right. crazy about what I played. But S- to this sax day, sax players at home are not going, "Ooh, look at that! Look at that!" Look well, at actually, that. they are. That's the that's the weird thing about it really? to me is to this day, that that solo is like one of my most popular things or famous things not just because of prince but because of the choice yeah like what i chose to play or what i and that's what i get from it every time somebody tells me about it they're like i love that so you played on on arsenio and i'm like really and they're like yeah man the choices you made and it was just so t- they say tasteful and so that right. is goes back to what he was saying the conversation yeah yep. yep. and i'm like wow you know again life lesson and in a solo and i'm yep. like yeah, so because it's not about what you play; it's what you don't play. He sets yeah, you up yeah. for success. Yeah. yeah, and he puts you right there, center stage on Arsenio, and right now there. on YouTube for generations to for come. Generations, hell yeah! It's so exciting. This is Adrian Crutchfield. If you're just tuning in, <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're doing it tonight. We're doing it tonight. So I mean, the 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 eleven piece thing begins to move away, right? Like yeah. The, the 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 number shrink. You kind of become the yeah. guy who sticks around. And yeah. I'm kind of fast forwarding mm-hmm. through time and space because mm-hmm. I wanted to hit on this too. Uh, black is the new black. Oh yeah. Talk to me about black is the new black. Okay, so what is it? Just because some I just said that and people are like, "What the heck?" Black is, is the new black was the unreleased uh, album. That was the title that was kind of assumed for the album that was coming out that featured uh, Prince, Mono Neon, Kirk Johnson, and myself, and it was like jazz fusion experimental yeah. music. Yeah. How many tracks are on this album? That I we have, have not no yet idea. Heard? How many do you think are on it? How many do you think you recorded? Because like, I mean, it was kind of just happening, right? It was just happening. Um, we recorded at least nine or ten songs. Okay, at least. Um, and I'm sure he recorded some other ones. Yeah. yeah. We also did some covers. So okay, like, what were the covers? Give me some of the covers. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I know one of them was uh, Rochelle Pharrell. I forgive you. Hmm. Um, and I messed up and told her. Oh no. When I when I met her, I told her we did it, and I think she called Paisley. And oh, sure. Trying to collect on it. <laughs> well, it, it you can't collect. If you they can't don't collect release. if it didn't release. You know. You know what I mean. So yeah, I mean it. Uh, yeah, we did. We did a quite a few. Like we were just again. It was at that point where we were just coming in and recording. Because this is like 2015, 2015, 2016. Yeah. What I mean. Black is the new black. What was he like? What was he trying to say? Because that's like a very, very intriguing title to me. Why black is the new black? I think that um, well, Prince was always a, a, ahead of his time. That's the one thing that we have to acknowledge. And I think that 
Oh, we've acknowledged that so many times yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> he was so ahead of his time. Forever. And I think my mom's calling me, but she had to wait. <laughs> no, that's that's one of those like Amber Alert things it looks like or something. But um but no, uh he was ahead of his time. And so with with Black is the new black, I think the reason why he went with that theme is because we were starting to see this Afrocentric thing come back with the, the whole the comeback, the comeback, you know, the Wakanda, and yeah, all that right. stuff, you know, like where all of a sudden it was popular to be black again, mm-hmm. and he was very, you know, in tune to just like the yeah. powers that be, right, putting this type of stuff out to the right. masses. So he just want. I think he, I think that was his way of of bringing attention to the. The fad of it, like yeah, this is not a fashion. Like this is just this is yeah. this is a life, right? This is a lifestyle. This like, is a life. Like this know, is this is like who I've been and you who we you, know. you can't take it off. You know, like yeah. so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's black isn't so black was like in yeah. being black was beautiful again and so he's yeah. juxtaposing kind of that black is the new black, but so, yeah, so really I'll, really I've been here doing this for exactly. a long time. Yeah, sexy never left. So yeah, yeah. like like that that I think that's what that was, and also the music. Uh, was very uh, reminiscent of the era of Black is Beautiful. Yeah, you know, so that that I think that's where it came from. But I, I yeah, again, you, I couldn't you, tell yeah, you. Yeah, but yeah. but you're a part of it, so you kind of got a feel for it. Yeah, because you think, I mean, you look at Prince in terms of his 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 crossover appeal, mm-hmm. what he does in the early days with things like the Revolution and having you know. You know, a white drummer versus a black drummer, right? Yeah. Like, like he he had that crossover appeal, so he he's did. always conscious of kind of this race mm-hmm. thing. But I mean, he's he's a black male, right, right? Right. And that never left him either. But y'all get you'll get some people be, you know, what I'll is, say I'll say that yeah. like folks will be commenting on our page and saying, well, you know, he. Yeah, I mean, everybody's gonna have their opinion, but like, I mean, and even still, you know, thinking back on it now, this is the age where he brought the fro back. Yep. And, oh yeah. You know. Yeah. The, the, that symbolism is all there. Like he's all there. tying it back into. Yeah. yeah. Even what he was wearing, mm-hmm. all that stuff was going back to that, almost like '60s '70s vibe. Yeah. And uh, you know the music was very reminiscent of what you would hear at that time. Give so. me a sense of that music. You know, like we've talked a little bit about, but, but like, what's the sense of that? Black is the new black. What's the sound? So you got Mono Neon, you got, Mono you got Neon, Kirk Johnson, Kirk, you got Prince, and you got and me, you. and then sometimes Donna. We bring Donna Grant okay. in. Uh, she was she was in it for a while. I think I think I'm not sure why she left. I think it was to start her family. Yeah, but um, but uh, but yeah, um, the music was very like psychedelic. Yeah, but also jazz experimental. Mm-hmm. Um. But with a really familiar urban hip hop element, so like I mean, you just named like a bunch of stuff. I know, <laughs> but it was that's what it was. And I mean, it was everything. And I mean, rock was in there. But 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 but, but there was there was a uh, synthesis of that sound. Of yeah, those sounds. It was like if if Sly and Bootsy and Kendrick Lamar. But maybe also like some Run DMC. And Run DMC and, yeah, and Anthony Hamilton. Got together. Made a record. So cool. That's that's pretty much what, what I felt it was. Which I like because, I mean, I, I was yeah. listening to Rough Enough on the way out here. 
Yeah. And you're on vocals on Rough Enough. Yes. But you're not like singing. I'm not. I'm I'm I doing mean, the vocoder. What's so, a vocoder? The vocoder is like a a, a cousin to the talk box. Yep. Um and and Prince always he liked I, I play this instrument called the Iwi, which is an electronic wind instrument. It's like mm-hmm. an electronic saxophone. I can use it to play synth sounds, which is cool and he really, really enjoyed that. Um but I can also use it as a controller with a vocoder, which is it acts almost like as a talk box. Mm-hmm. So I'm controlling the notes with the Iwi, but uh, the vocal I'm actually speaking. And it's it's basically shaping my voice based, based on, the notes on how I play. you're playing. Yeah, it's so cool. So that's what that's what rough enough was. So are you yeah. writing those lyrics or is he writing those lyrics? Both. Okay, so, so you're collaborating on the lyrics. Yeah, he started it. Um, so I, I'm trying to remember what the lyrics are. Uh, I, I man, I wish I had this. I wish I kept this. I wish I had walked away with it. But <laughs> literally, there was a piece of paper with his he had written for me, handwritten. Right. Yeah. My name is Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the. Because uh, I thought that yeah. was an interesting lyric when I was listening to it. I was yeah. like, oh man, like like like, yeah, like this like this is me. Like you yeah. know, like this is like like like, like you're you're and like again, there's like a claim of the ground yeah. and the stake and like. And for me, I was mm-hmm. like terrified because I was like, I don't want to do that, you know. But he put it there, and um and it wasn't even um, it wasn't even like he wrote. Is this is this melodic. the lyrics? My name is Adrian. Let's do this. No, no, that's not it. That's not right. It's that's my name is Adrian. Hey, what you got cooking? Uh, no, it's, it's the very R- beginning. R U F F E N U F F E N U F. Moonbeam levels for you has the wrong lyrics. Yeah, it's my name is Adrian. Uh, Dateline twenty sixteen. Yep. Uh man, it's been so long since I did. I don't remember. <laughs> I know it's Dateline. I haven't even heard it in a long time. But Dateline 2016, something. This is what he well, wrote on this piece yeah. of paper. And it, there was no melody or anything. He just wrote it. And, and he's like, like you're going to sing, sing this. this into this. And I did. And then he kept recording. And so, um, uh, hey, what you got cooking? Uh, whatever it is, I can't stop looking. As a matter of fact, what I'm trying to see, are you feeling me? Are you, am I? Like I'm feeling you, are you feeling me? Because when it comes right down to the groove, this kind of jazz ain't in school. He would write like and half then, of the and lyric. Then like you're the teacher. Yeah. yeah you say essentially. I'm like, the teacher, I'm you're the school. Yeah. So like half, he would write half, like half a phrase. Yeah. And then I would have to finish it. Ah, so that, that's the collaboration. That's he's the collaboration. Teeing, he's teeing yeah. you up. Yeah. He's like, all right, we're doing this thing together. Yeah. That is so cool. Because I listened to it a yeah. few times actually on the way out here. And I was like, dude. This is different. And I, I was, mean, like, like, like so you scared. want you want to talk about pushing the, <laughs> yeah. the, like, like that's Prince being different, and then he releases it to title. Yeah, it gets out there. Yeah, it's that, on that it's song. On title still. Yeah, it's on yeah. title. And but here's what's clever about it: it's not listed under his name. So it's listed under Mono's name. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, because I think at that point, I'm not sure exactly what was going on, but I think at that point he was still kind of battling it out with with Warner. Yep. And so right. Instead of releasing this stuff on his name, his plan was release a song under Mono's name, release a song under my name, release a song under Kirk's name, and that way they can't lay claim to it yeah. at all. But um, but yeah, I mean the the crazy part about Rough Enough was again, it was almost like he was writing raps. Like yep. there was no melodic line, so mm-hmm. I had to come up with it on the spot, and it 
you know, and create the second half of the phrasing. And so it was like, were you terrified? Just, and like, you're not getting like nine <laughs> takes at this. No, no. Most of this stuff was first take. Yeah, you're just, so, you're just yeah. rolling. Uh, but I love the song, and I, you know, this is one of the first times I saw him do this one thing that, I, uh, he he put a whammy pedal on the roads. I'd never seen anybody do that before. So the roads, the sound of the roads, the chord. He would just the like ro- the roads is the the the, the keyboard. Keyboard, okay. yeah. So he put a on a Fender Rhodes. He put a whammy bar or a whammy pedal. So whenever he hit the pedal, the whole thing, whatever chord he was playing, would just like bend up an octave or two octaves, and back down, and like based on what he did with his foot. And I was like, that's who thinks to do that on a keyboard? You do it on guitar, yeah, 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 yeah. on a keyboard. But he was looking for something. Yeah, and the sound was perfect. Like it was just a perfect sound for what we were doing. Well, and he's so used to doing it on the guitar, so yeah, it's yeah. just like, why not? Yeah, second nature. Yeah, why not? Let me keep pushing. Yeah. So this is happening 2016, early, early like 2016. January. Yeah. Because is is it while he's doing the piano and the microphone stuff? Is he preparing? It's actually 2015. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's he's saying 2016. Yeah, but it's really 2015. Yeah, this is like, of, this is like October, November. Okay, got gotcha. you. 2015. Because it leads me into the the next question, yeah. which is, you know, as 2016 comes in, mm-hmm. are you seeing him still? When's when's the last time you see Prince? The last time I see Prince face-to-face is February 2016. Where at? Paisley? Paisley. Or? Okay. Actually, no, 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 no. We went to, was that Ice House? There was, there was, a, there was a group playing. Uh, we, we, I was at Paisley with him recording, and then... Uh, Oh man, what's the group? It's a group, three girls, singers. King, is it King? Yeah. We went to yeah. see King, and at Dakota or Ice House. Ice House. Ice House. Okay. We went to go see King at Ice House. Minneapolis. And then uh, we and had then, some parties there, you know. Yeah, we have. Yeah, some a good few ones. of them with BK, as a matter of yeah. fact. BK, BK yeah. came and played one of them. Yeah. So we went and saw that, and then uh, I went home, uh, and then we were supposed to. The piano and the microphone thing was happening. He had started doing that. Yep. And uh, I think he wanted to start doing after parties. Okay. Uh, like he used to do. He wanted to do after parties. Yep. And he, that's where me and Mono would come in. And it would be me, him, and Mono, and Kirk introducing the, yeah, new, kinda the new group. Black is um, the new black yeah, kind of sound in those exactly. songs. And- so Atlanta was supposed to be the first one. The, the the Atlanta gig that he cancels yeah. come back comes back to subsequently yep flies home and I got stops called in my I got lane. called the DJ uh, I had a flight to Atlanta too for that party yeah did your flight get canceled yep yeah so I was I was uh Kirk I was texted me Kirk texted me and said uh, he's not feeling yeah. well same same as I'm in line at the airport and my ticket's not working yeah and uh, oh I didn't get that far yeah I was <laughs> literally in line trying to check in and I couldn't pull up the ticket. And so they told me at the desk, they were like, yeah, your ticket's been canceled. Wow. And so I had to call, and Kurt told me. He was like, yeah, he's not feeling well. So the last time you see him is in February. February. Now, yeah. do you um, do you feel like, hey, something's off here, or is he like, yeah. okay. Not, well, not not while I'm with him, no. Okay. No, he was fine. Um, when when he canceled that show, when, I thought so, that was odd. So it, when, when that comes back around, you're yeah. like, oh, something just feels different. Yeah, not really. Like still. So so basically when he canceled the show the first when he did the the first Atlanta show that he canceled or postponed. Yep. Um 
I was worried, but they said, you know, he's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just not feeling well. He's going to postpone until later, so don't worry about coming down. Yep. So I said, okay. And I went uh, I went back, you know, to doing what I was doing. Yep. And then uh, they rescheduled the show. I was watching. And when I saw that it was rescheduled, you know, of course, everybody's calling me like, are you coming to Atlanta? Are you going to be mm-hmm. in Atlanta with Prince? So, I, you know, I hit him up and uh, asked again, uh, do you need me to come down? And I actually got to talk to him. Oh, okay. And so this is probably yeah, the last time you talked to him. It's the last time I talked to him. Um, and he said, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent yet. So I'm just going to do the, the show. I'm not going to do the after party. So don't worry about coming down. So I was like, okay, cool. Okay. Hope you How feel long better. was that conversation? Not long. Okay. Um, so, but he's giving you comfort. Like, yeah. Hey, just making, yeah. he's just letting me know he was, he was okay. Um, and so after that, that's when everything happened. And I couldn't get him. Yeah. And everybody's just telling me, management and everybody's telling me, he's fine. He's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all right. And then I saw he had like a party. Yep. And yep. he was riding his bike. Yep. And all that stuff. So I was like, okay, so he's it's fine. He's fine. And I went down to Florida to do Seabreeze. Yep. And BK and I were actually doing an after party show at Seabreeze. And Marcus was on the main stage at Seabreeze that, that year. And uh, me and Marcus were having breakfast. And that's when, like, our phones just both simultaneously started. Right. Which is, now that I think about it, is crazy in itself. Like, the like the time I found out that I was going to be working for Prince was with Marcus. Yeah. And, like, the moment I found out the Prince was gone, I was with Marcus. Which is crazy. I just realized that just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were, we, were, uh, we were down there having breakfast, and our phones started going off, and people were like, are you watching the news? Are you, you know... And we turned it on, and that's when we found out. So it was crazy. But yeah, that was the last time I talked to him was, I don't even know the date. But that was like, whatever the date was for the- The the Atlanta show. The Atlanta show. Yeah, right right in there. Yeah. Yeah, what's that day like when you find out? Oh, man, that was- Were you playing that night? uh, Yeah, I was playing that night. Um, It was- I was like kind of lost. I right. because like I mean TMZ called me. Yeah, yeah. Like and you know they weren't. There was nothing good. They mm-mm, mm-mm, they mm-mm. they wanted to know all the juice, like right. the like anything bad. They weren't interested in anything else. And I kind of went off on them. I went off on other people. It's mad. Yeah, I was angry. I was scared. You know, like what does this mean? Yeah, because you you had a whole plan. Like you're, yeah, you're you're, you're it, you know it you're, affects you're, me too. Yeah, you're you know going on you're going on this next tour. You're right. going to be playing the after parties. Oh, you man. got this new sound. Listen, not to sound not to sound selfish. This no, is, but, it's but, really but, funny. But it's it's yeah. There's multiple whole life. There's multiple dimensions right. of what are happening here to your right. kind of inner workings. I'm that, like that, that's dedicated human. to. I left. I left and came back because I left in 2015. I left and I went started playing for Bette Midler. Yeah. And I came back because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, I mean, I missed him. Um, but. <laughs> and I mean, Bat Midler's show versus Prince show is probably. Literally. Literally. Probably it was torture. Well, <laughs> it was but, but, torture. Bat Midler, I mean, you're getting paid, right? But it's, it's, it's not as good as Prince. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, but like I mean, it was Bet. Bet, Bet was great, but it was theater. So. Yeah. yeah it's a totally different vibe. It's the same show. Yeah. Every you're not, night. You're not yeah. cutting an album with. That yeah. meddler and some, and I'm not on her records. Some exactly. bass player that's dressed in uh, full knit outfit. Right. Shout out to Mono Neon. <laughs> Shout out to Mono. <laughs> so, um, 
And that's the other thing. You know, that was the other crazy part about it is, for whatever reason, the way he got to Mono, for whatever reason, was to call me and ask me to call Mono, which I don't, I still like don't know always? to this day. Huh? Like always? Or like, just like initially? No, no, like initially. Okay. Like the way. Now, did you know Mono Neon? No. So you just, you just a liaison. He's like, you're young. He's Mono Neon. Like, Prince, I don't know how I'm going to talk to this Prince dude. Prince didn't you're, have a phone. I'm going to. So he didn't have a phone. To my knowledge, right, he says it on Arsenio, and he would use other people's phones. So I got, I would just get random calls, and if I got a random call, usually it was either bill collector or him, <laughs> right, you know. And so, you, you know, I had to answer, mm-hmm. so I answered, and he's like, "Do you know Mono Neon?" And I was like, uh, "I'm, I'm sorry, my my Prince impression is not as good as Scotty P's, but mm-hmm. he's like, do you know Mono Neon?'" And I was like, "The guy on the internet," and he's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "I know who he is." <laughs> and he's like call him ask him if he wants to come to Paisley Crazy. and I said Prince I don't know him <laughs> I just know who he is and he said me. call him click hung up the phone <laughs> figure it out <laughs> so I got on like Facebook and looked him up and wrote him a message and I was like hey this is Adrian with the MPG Horns do you want to come to Paisley Park and do some work with Prince if so send me your information I'll make sure they get it and that's that was literally it that's and, crazy and uh, so yeah, he came in. Cause what was he doing at that point? He was just he was like an internet s- sensation. He was doing that whole thing where he would he would play bass, emulate he would like imitate people's talking patterns on yeah. bass, yeah, yeah. and it was hilarious. But he'd do it with the, all the weird get up on. Mm-hmm. And but he that. wasn't touring with people or no, playing with people. Not really. He's kind of just living that internet life. Yeah, he was just an internet sensation. I think he may have been playing with a few. You know, he played with a few yeah, people. He but was, right. Yeah, he, he was, was playing gigs, but yeah, local. Yeah, local. Yeah, and but um, national or international as terms yeah. of YouTube. And what's crazy? On a scale of one to weird, how weird is Mano Neon? <laughs> He's about as weird as Prince. All right. So, so of course, yeah. Prince is like, I need to reach out to yeah. him. Yeah. He's like, I talked to the guy once. Let's get yeah. weird. Um, I mean, when I say I talked to him, I did all the speaking. Yeah. Um, he nodded his head. But, you know. I love him. I love like, him, too. Dude, <laughs> that's so, how he was. He's that's so, how he was with so me, too. So cool. Before, if he doesn't know you, so then, cool. then right. he's not going to really, you know. But what I realized about Mono, and I think this is what attracted Prince to him, is if you really get to know Mono... And how he talks and all that stuff. Go back and watch Prince on his first TV show. Yeah, similar, similar vibe. Same vibe. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. So like, um, you know, and and Mono is amazing. I mean, well, I'll I'll say this. I believe that energy. It's gonna sound weird, but it is what it is. I believe that energy does not die. Energy yeah. only transfers, right? Yeah. So Prince's energy had to go somewhere. Yeah. I do believe that Mono got a lot of it. Like, <laughs> more, awesome. more, more than what? More, more than more, more than his fair share. Yeah, man. Like when I'm around Mono or when I see him and when I see him play, I, I feel I feel it. Like I feel Prince's presence. And He's ridiculous. Yeah, so go see. Go, if Mono's coming to your city, yeah. go see Mono yeah. Neon. Whatever he's thinking, doing. We should just bring him here. Let's just throw a party. Yeah, bring hell. Bring him. He'll, and he'll yeah. come. He will we come. We need that gig. He will come. Purple man. High's production. Yeah. So like. We it was I'm, it was that wild. is a good idea Dudley, it was wild just, good just being the person to to connect them and stuff is really, I always take pride in that I'm like yeah I did that and I then, love it <laughs> uh, but still I still don't understand why he thought to call me of all people I'm yeah like, because you know. are young and you know about the interweb he and how to get a, 
Yeah, you but, but, but you're the liaison, man. Yeah, you're, you're the, the point liaison. person. You're the point person. Like, yeah, he got me all you. these other people. He can easily get me this. All right, right, all right, all right. right. So we we're gonna try to kind of move forward, okay. and, and and I know you got stories. We're gonna try oh, to wrap yeah. this thing up. So tell us, just kind of as we close out, what are you doing now? Kind of in terms of like music and your life, and okay. like how do people connect with you? Just in terms of what, what what projects are you on? Where are you at? Okay. When um, you come into their city. Yeah. So I am now still, I still play for artists. I still travel with artists. I'm traveling with CeeLo Green, um, which is, which is a I lot mean, of we, fun. I need to get to that gig. Yeah. Cause now guess, cause here's the thing. Now Marcus BK and I are all on the gig. Oh, we, go. Yo, we so, gotta go. And CeeLo is covering James Brown. Yes. Oh, yeah, we so talked to we BK. We were talking about we going talked to, to New Orleans, and we were talking with BK about coming down there. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty amazing gig. Um, I also tour with uh, an artist named Jonathan Butler, who's a singer and guitar player from South Africa, who I've loved equally as much as, as well, not equally, but I've, I've loved him as much as Prince uh, since I was a kid. So it's really a dream to be playing with him. But more importantly, I've been doing my own thing as an artist. Yeah. Talk to um, us about that. So my last face-to-face conversation in February of 20, of 2016 with Prince was basically him laying down the law of what was happening with Warner Brothers and the whole, uh, what he what he called peer-to-peer distribution, which I'm sure you guys are familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. But um, why don't you just, just explain it real quick? Because okay. there's people that, we, Dustin yeah. and I know, but... So Others. for those of you that don't know, Prince cornered he coined this thing called peer-to-peer distribution. And what that meant was if you are a Prince fan in a certain area, you had the chance. It was almost like it was almost like uh Mary Kay or Avon for musicians, right? So cool. I mean, that's the way I that's the best way I can describe it. And basically, if you were in the, in a region and you were a Prince fan, you could become a partner with Paisley Park Records. Right. And you buy, basically, you buy a case of albums uh, from Paisley Park. And you're the only person in that area that has them. So you can mark you can mark the price at what you want. You buy them at wholesale, sell them at retail, and you make your money. It's like Girl Scout cookies. It's Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> right. But in music. Someone knocked on Paisley Park and he was like, this is a good idea. Exactly. And he took it and made it for music. So he was doing that. And uh, he was selling the Hit and Run Phase 2 that way through peer-to-peer distribution. The cool thing about it was other Prince-related artists could also capitalize on that. Nice. Because, because the fans would buy our records. Right. And so he started asking me about my first record, which is called Private Party. I didn't do a re- I did a record in 2009, and then I was jaded. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be an artist anymore. Yeah, just because um, of the music industry, the, the industry. competition. I was like, I'm not. That, yeah. I'm not. I'm not built for that. And so when he asked me about it, he's you know he asked me why I hadn't made any more records. And how I was still selling my record, and I told him, and uh, and I thought I was appeasing him by saying, "I all I wanted to do was be the Maceo to your James Brown." Yeah, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm cool with that. I don't need to do the artist thing, and I'll sell your records. And you know, and uh, I thought, number one, I thought I was appeasing him. Number two, I thought I was buying myself more time. Yeah, you know, and he flipped on me. And yeah. It w- yeah, didn't he, work. It like didn't he work. It would. Did not work at all. Like I thought it would. And he started laying down the law and telling me what he was planning and all this stuff about Warner Brothers and these other companies. And he's like, he basically said, I don't want to give them anything. I don't want to give them any reason 
to make us feel like we owe them anything. And and really look at what's happening now with like streaming and everything else. Yep. It's about it's about money and power. It's about money and power. But he always said the power should belong to the musicians, right? So the artists should be the ones benefiting from these like at least fairly benefiting somehow. Yeah. But when you, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's like nothing adds up. So he just took it upon himself to take that bad lawn. And so he was like, I'm going to do this peer-to-peer thing. And by the time the record comes out, it will already be platinum. Yeah. And it will always be this and it will already be that. And the record company can't say, the labels can't say that we owe them anything because we didn't use them to do it. And so uh, he said, you know, it's cool that you, you like being here and it's cool that you want to be like Maceo. And that's, you know, I'm honored that you want to do it with me. He said, but the last thing he said was, uh, he said, but but James is dead. <laughs> and that <laughs> just pierced me because it was like, you're right. He said, James is dead. What's Maceo doing now? Yep. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And uh, and then I went home and and then he died. And so all I could think about was that that statement. And so I was like, I got to I got to be an artist because that's what he said. And and part of that conversation, I I told him, I was like, you know, the radio is not going to play my stuff because it's not the stereotypical jazz. It's not urban enough because it's saxophone. I just don't want to go through that that whole thing again. And he was like, yeah, but you didn't have what we have. We didn't have that when you tried it the first time. Now you have this. And so, yeah, man, I mean, that's what inspired me to get back into being an artist. And, I, you know, I do have struggles with it, but I don't regret it because... Man, he was right, you know. I I finally made bill. I got a Billboard charting song at one point. Um, in the album you wrote, Leap it was called Leap. Leap. Yeah, one of the one of the last things he said, like basically when he told me the whole thing about James, uh, he said, you know, he said, uh, we appreciate you being here. You always have a place. I'm honored that you want to be here and be be the Maceo to my James. He said, but sometimes you have to take a leap for yourself. So where do people get Leap? Leap is everywhere online. You can get it. Anywhere and everywhere. You can't get it from CD Baby anymore physically, but you can download it. <laughs> Did you hear about this thing with CD Baby? Uh, They've stopped their physical distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Change yeah, you can get name, it. Change your name, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> you can get it. You can get it on all the platforms. Um, You can buy it physically from my website if you want to. There you go. What, That's where you get, is the that where you get the CD or no? The CD. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what's your website? Uh, it is adriancrutchfield.com or the more fun way is I love good sacks.com. I love good sacks. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so it's everywhere. And, and where else can people find Have you? Have you trademarked that? <laughs> Not yet. You need to. I got I a guy to. for you. I'm going to hook you what, up. Please. Uh, where, where else can they find you on social media and all that stuff? Uh, Real Good Sacks is my Instagram and my Twitter, I believe. No, and my TikTok and Adrian Crutchfield on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Follow, follow, follow some more. Wait, I, I got mean, a question. Yeah. Yeah, we're not done. I'm just making sure people like oh. we get these things out there. It's important. Oh, I thought you said you said we're wrapping it up. We are, but you know, you got one I'm more just going to ask the question that I'll probably have a lot of people listening are wondering. Yeah. Did your grandma get to see you play with Prince? No, she did not. Oh. Damn. My grandmother My grandmother died when I was 6 15. 16. So she just made the prophecy. Yeah, she yeah. just spoke the prophecy. And I'll say this, because you said I, there was something that you said at the very beginning of this uh, seven hours ago. Uh, <laughs> but you said something about how long I played for Prince. Oh, yeah. 
right? And we never answered that question. And I'm here to quali- I'm here to clarify for everyone who's wondering how long I've played for Prince. The answer is I'm still playing for Prince. Hey, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Still pay- I'm playing. Changing, for I'm changing. I'm going to use that too now. Dude, I'm dude that. I mean, you just how long gotta, did you DJ for Prince? I'm still, still, still doing it. DJ for that's Prince. Right. No, but that Come is, to my party. That's always the answer, <laughs> man. because because this is what we're about, right? Yeah. Like like what what we're trying to do, and we are. I mean, we ain't trying. We doing it. You know. Is carry forth that legacy exactly of who he was, mm-hmm. what the music was, what it meant to people, trying to connect young folks to it, trying to keep that vibe moving because yeah. like he planted it in our like the depth of our being exactly you know so it's a mission right yeah and uh, we out here doing it and we just getting started he inspired the fire so yeah you know I like what you said too earlier about people seeing you and seeing Prince in you because I mean yeah. You were hanging out with the greatest performer of all time. Yeah, it's that's gotta uh, rub off. That's that's my hope is that I can I can be an inspiration to people. Uh, I can be a spark. I can be yeah. a part of his spark. Yes, yeah. that's, that's that's all I want. You're carrying oh, yeah. it forward, man. I want to carry it for him. You know, I love yeah. it. We can't keep this guy up too late though, because he's got to go teach the kids at the Purple Playground. Yeah, Purple Playground. <laughs> check that out. Listen to episode 19. We're gonna get more into that, but. You know, we've been talking for a while. We really very much, very much appreciate this. This is, I mean, just wonderful, beautiful stories. Oh, yeah. The memories, the influence, what you're doing today, moving it forward. I mean, just, it's fantastic. We got to do this again when we can get, like, me and BK and Marcus. Oh, I got a whole idea. We got, we, got, we got a plan. We got a plan. <laughs> Mono Neon's coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, 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 hey, he'll talk. He'll talk if we're here. Oh, we, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's on. It's on. Well, thank you so much. It's been very much an honor and a pleasure and a joy, and uh, we just so much appreciate it. This is thank great. You. This is Purple Highs. I'm Mark Bondi. My co-host, DJ Dudley D. Chronicling Days of Wild, Adrian Cutchfield. Thank you so much. Peace and be wild.